0: Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast Podcast. from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited.
1: It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission.
2: The penalty call for number 34 this time, failure to adhere to the minimum full refuelling time. That's 40 seconds, if you're at top, if you're filling up a tank, it's you've done a Conquest, full stint isn't it? In the Conquest prime. Racing, yeah that's
3: right, they've got the fastest lap in GTT have like they? 146.3 yeah uh, as long as that's up to date, which I think it is
2: yeah, that was set by uh, oh, Albert, Albert Costa yeah, uh, back on lap 126 race leaders, by the way, just completed their 250th lap. lap.
3: Yeah, excellent. And it's almost 16 hours in. Team RLL, number 25, out on the banking at the moment with Conor De Filippi to the high side, passing a variety of cars. It's the joy, isn't it, of what we've got here.
2: Cadillac's looking strong again now. Pippadrani's is uh, edging clear at the front. Seven and, seconds
3: now, Jeremy. Yeah,
2: and uh, Albuquerque as uh, Philip Albuquerque and the Acura's close up with Eric- Kevin Estra, but closing on both of them is Sebastian Bourdais, having got past Stuart's with Newgarden and quickly pulled uh, uh, a fair bit of a gap. Uh, behind them, uh, Connolly Felipe in number 25, BMW just found a way past Jensen Button in the number 40, Acura. Cartoo's, Cartoo's, but uh, oh, Cartoo's spun turn that's Ben. That's Ben Keating.
3: No, that's a mistake. Surely, in
2: third position in LMP2. That's
3: heading up on the banking. Not unheard of to spin there, but unusual for Ben Keating to uh, make a mistake. Joe Bradley is watching a pit stop for the number 14 RCF Lexus this is the car that uh, had an accident not of its own making with Mike Conway early on the whole front end had to be rebuilt Joe
0: yeah it was uh, really unfortunate it wasn't an LMP2 car spinning just coming out of turn one it uh, was the high-class car and Mike Conway really had nowhere to go and quite a heavy impact caused the team to lose a lot of time so you know what the pressure was off they got the car out pretty quickly and it's a bit of a recovery drive um driver staying on board this time uh, It's just fuel and tires for the number 14. interesting to see just where that car will end up by checkered flag
3: well unless there's some more yellow unlikely to make up the laps that it is down and it is down. What am I looking for? 14. Uh, it is down 54 laps on the leader. And that would be 37 laps on the class leader. And I, I I, think victory might be out of reach <laughs> yeah,
2: for that, the That would be a bit of a charge.
3: Now, the four, oh, but that. Right that that even Jerry Bruckheimer wouldn't uh, take that one on as a as a script idea. Coming down to sixteen hours to go. You're listening to Imsa Radio or watching Imsa TV our World Feed available outside the US. Hope you're enjoying what we're doing. Many thanks to the team up in North Carolina in the new production facilities for NASCAR Productions for providing the international feed pictures this evening outstanding in the darkness here around the circuit you can get us on 107.9 so if you're thinking about making a move from the grandstands the next hour or so you can take us with you in the car for a little bit of well, a bit of a run here. And then you could listen to us on the internet. RS2 part of the radio show Limited network channels. Go to imseradio.com and click listen now. Or of course you can get us on channel 207 on Sirius XM. I thought I saw a car by the side of the track just in between turns two and three there but it's in a place where the fencing is a little bit high and I can't see just try and check that out next time around, there are some people leaving there, it might have been a spectator car from the infield but I'll keep an eye on that the next time we see the cars going through that area of the of the circuit. Under 16 hours to go now. Jeremy Shaw, John Hindoff, and Joe Bradley down in the pit lane for CrowdStrike. And we're thinking about our BDO No Strategy Award. Plenty of time left for somebody to make that crucial call to get the team maybe back on the lead lap or to pull the fuel strategy, pain at some point, all still potential in the next few hours. At IMSO Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us here in the Global Broadcast Centre, Philippe Albuquerque working through the far side of the circuit, he's trying to chase down Kevin Estra. The Porsche is really easy to spot out there on the GTP cars, they've got the now I think range complete on the Porsche road cars, they've all got that lit bar between the two rear lights and the race car has it as well second place for the white striped number 6 heads through speedway turn number 1 and 2 picking off the traffic and then dropping back down to the line with Albuquerque trying to close in a couple of seconds back at the moment and Bordet about another half a second back from those two Jeremy yeah, and
2: closing in pretty rapidly yeah. over the last course the last few laps since uh, since Bordet got past uh, number seven car of Joseph Newgarden he got come down from uh, seven seconds to six seconds 5.8 4.9 3.9 1.6 last time around so uh, that is coming down inexorably it's not going to be long before Sebastian Boudet is right on Philip Albuquerque's tail trying to make it two Cadillacs on top the in fact he's pretty much on his tail right now just a half a second between them as they come across the line to complete lap 255 heading uh, towards turn three now probably not Actually, the, yeah, 2nd, 3rd and 4th absolutely together coming out of the International Horseshoe and Bourdais challenging Albuquerque as they head toward the kink.
4: That's Philip a Albuquerque, good, good, little it bit it defensive
2: possibly. down there at, 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 at Turn 5. Maybe no way through from the inside there for Sebastian Bourdais.
3: Tough place to make a pass in fairness. Yeah. Very Particularly with place. the guard in
2: the middle of the road.
3: Uh, yes. <laughs> Making the uh, defensive move there is not uh, difficult.
2: Yeah, that's just fine. No problem there. It wasn't a reactionary defensive move, so absolutely no problem.
3: In terms of the GTP field, we don't just talk about how many laps they've done on time. We're talking about their energy. They're all much of a muchness at the moment. Uh, De Filippi yeah. with 60%, Johnny in the number five Porsche with 60%, everybody else 55 or 50%. So they all stopped fairly closely together, Jeremy. That's right.
2: Yeah, number six 40, 25, and five all came in together. What just a dozen laps ago? The first car to pit in this sequence, number seven car, the seven number 24, they will have uh, less usable energy than anybody else. Uh, at this point in the in the stint. Wait a minute! Look at this car number six penalty: failure to adhere to the controlled oh, powertrain parameters. Stop plus ten seconds this time.
3: Wow! Is that that's the third time yes. it's been penalized and the second a time for a penalty? Yeah.
2: yeah? First time was uh, I, the first one was a warning. I think the second one was a a a stop.
3: Was it a drive-through?
2: A drive-through? Yeah, yeah. I it was. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was just a drive-through.
3: That's the second-place car. You cannot do that in a normal pit stop. So that has to yeah, be around the lane. He's going to lose had. the position anyway. Bordet down the inside into turn number six and picks up Estra. So this is a recurring problem for Porsche number six. And there'll be a bit of a head-scratching, I would think, Jeremy, down there in the Porsche-Pensky motorsport pit because they'll have their telemetry And the logging loom that is fitted to the car by IMSA for the competition. Uh, A different loom, by the way, for WEC and a different set of measurements. So this is going to annoy them. This is about torque sensors. This is about how much power these cars are producing at the wheels. Which is where it counts. Here it comes into the pit lane, taking this pit lane penalty immediately. Pit lane speed limiter comes on, the headlights go off, the purple, four purple marker lights within the headlight cluster come on. So that car will trundle to the end of the pit lane. The red, white and black, number six then, pulling into the pits and... Into the penalty box, should I say? At the end of the pit lane. four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Wave your hands and off it goes. I don't have to say elephant or hit the to make that work. You see, <laughs> I can tell a second. Tricky pick ed- exit here at. Daytona, many a person has, uh, in virtual reality, added real life as on cool tyres understeered into that pit wall there. Estra back out then. So the new top order. People Durrani now by six seconds. And just about holding his own last time around to Sebastian Bourday. The two Cadillacs back to one and two. Four and a half further back is Philippe Albuquerque for the first of the Accuris. It's the number 10 black and blue car then Joseph Newgarden for Porsche Penske Motorsport, that is now the best position Porsche, 21 seconds off the lead and ten and a half away from a podium position, seems early to be talking about that, so I'll put that thought out of my mind then it will be Kevin Estra having taken that 10 seven second stop and hold in, in fifth in the number six Porsche Oh, no, it's Conor De Filippi, actually, who's gone through. Then Jensen Button in sixth. Kevin Estra yet to come across the line. Where is he? What was that going through?
2: He'll be down at the tail end of the cars. He'll be back in ninth position, Kevin Estra.
3: Yeah. that drive-through. Is that how much time is he going to have lost there, John? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Neil Jani, Jesse cron yeah, I think you're right. Richard Westbrook's fallen off the lead lap, Jeremy. Have he still?
2: Yeah, that was a while ago. Right. Uh, and uh, through the last stint, Phil Hansen was struggling, probably on old tyres, because right. he was really quick in the test here. So probably just using up some, you know, using up some rubber. They're going to have fresh rubber to go in the final stages of this race. Um, but uh, r- but Resty has turned some really good laps during this stint, and he's regularly been quicker than the leaders. Where is he on racetrack compared? Everybody else, He's
4: He's
2: no really contention to get the lead back, lap back yet. you have to wait, I think, for a full course caution. But clearly, that car seems to be running well now. It wasn't too long ago he turned a 136.9. Uh, did Westy that car's fastest lap of the race was a 36.6, which he turned way back on lap like, 35. So um, clearly, not too much a miss there.
3: I think it was just pace, Jeremy, wasn't it? They didn't have a problem with that.
2: Uh, no, no. Well, I wondered because yeah. there was one stint that was a bit short, um, but um, I think, it, um, you know, judging, yeah, you know, there was one stint that was fairly short, but I think it was probably just using older tyres, which everybody has to do at some stage, it's just a question of when.
3: Bordier the eight, eight sets that had the double stint?
2: Yeah, I mean it depends on the number of cautions and what have you but uh, they've got 21 sets I think it is to last them through the race and if it was green all the way it would only be two or three probably but um, with the cautions it will be a bit more than that
3: News of another retirement and this time it's not divisible by 11 Uh, This is the number 75 Sun Energy AMG GT3 that car was slow just before the last caution actually coming out of the International Horseshoe and of a halt, it was recovered and in fact I think it came back behind the wall of its own power so that's another one for Joe Bradley to investigate I'm expecting that that will be a driveline problem on that car
2: The uh, Sebastian Bourdais, but by the way, has found a way past the um, well, we, right. We we saw him, we saw it past Albuquerque, didn't we? But he's now yes. pulled away already by six seconds. That didn't take long, did it? Um, in in the course then of what three and a half laps, he's put six and a half seconds between himself and Philip Albuquerque. That's not close. Uh, so Bourdais is definitely. He's been the hard charger during this stint. He when he took over the wheel of this car on lap 244 he's in fifth position um and about 10 seconds behind the leader now he's up to second and the gap is half of that
3: international horseshoe incident and that is the number 10 car this is philippe albuquerque from third in the race he's out wide over the exit curb and zero electrical power on that car no lights no marker lights and I'm looking to see if the hybrid light is green, I can't see it at the moment, see if we get the binos on that car because it is just, well there's a green yes, there is a green light on the front of that car so it can be touched by the marshals and here comes, we must have gone full course yellow because we've got course vehicles moving out, the intervention Porsche cayenne gts is there the doors come open and philippe wow. is getting out he didn't want to touch the ground in the car at the same time until he was sure that it was safe to do so and there's steam and smoke coming out the front of that car there was a bit of urgency uh, with the amr safety team there so maybe they had more inf- information but yeah. philippe um reticent to get out the car until he was absolutely certain that the hybrid was safe now the reason that's important you do not want to be touching the car and the ground at the same time you'll see sometimes the drivers jump out so that they fly through the air before they hit the ground that's because carbon fiber can conduct elect- will conduct electricity so you don't want to be touching that and the ground at the same time and therefore make yourself potentially live with uh, the high voltage systems now philippe's got back in again here so i wonder if there was a bit of smoke or something there in the cockpit because he was eager to get out jeremy Mm,
2: he was wasn't he uh number 52 car by the way did come into a closed pit Ah. see that he was running in second position in lmp2 it's still number 99
3: Jeremy, I'm really? not even okay. sure if he stopped in yeah, this pit that's box. That's fine,
2: then no problem. They lost a little, little bit of ground, but not too bad. I think he might have actually been able to hang on to that second position, perhaps, over Ben Keating in number two car. Um, the, uh, the other, the, there was also a pass for position just a few moments ago by Conor D Filippi on Joseph Newgarden, huh? two team USA scholarship winners, and that becomes now the battle <laughs> for third place, of course, with the problem for the number ten.
3: Well I'd also battle for top team USA scholarship driver in I the Indeed, so the, which which are, were twelve in the race. Twelve are yeah. there? And
2: That's three more in the support series and yeah. I don't know, there's, there's about another dozen are on the premises of various different guys, uh, guises. But seen Buddy Rice, Jimmy Vasser, Brian Herter, uh, and um, the two last year's boys like, were are both here this weekend, Jack Jack Sullivan and Ayrton Howe two names I think you might be hearing a little mm. bit more. Uh, quite a lads. bit more of in the future
3: uh, I like those a lot when I spoke to them in the uh, latter part of last year pass around will start uh, we'll head to join in a moment to see if he's got any information from Wayne Taylor about that issue in the pit lane the Cadillac is that a CTSV that's out there as a safety car looks very purposeful Albuquerque back in the car he definitely wanted to get out of it very quickly now he's got back in the green light on the windscreen indicates that from a hybrid point of view it's in safe mode and the two, two of the AMR safety teams are with that car they are ah, I think he was just trying to put, get it out of gear before it being toured. Our recovery truck is there and f- flat tow from the back of the car, maybe.
2: Yeah Albuquerque's
3: yeah. ah, out again now.
2: Yeah,
4: and he's being good, led away it? from
3: the car he, he's, he's reluctant to leave his race car Jeremy because he's hopeful that the racing gods might smile on him and if he presses enough buttons it might actually start, he's, he's frustrated he can see it in his body language, shrugging of the shoulders yeah. Joe Joe Bradley uh, with this CrowdStrike update from the, what should be the pits of Wentella Racing with Auto Autosport.
0: Uh, well, there's no look of despondency here. There's more a look of action, and uh, crew members running back to the garage, which is literally just behind their pit perch. It's one of the uh, it's one of the garages. Uh, I think it's Garage Two that they're in. So that's not far to walk, and not far for the car to be recovered back to. So, um, whatever the problem is, I'm going to dive in and ask the question: what they have found out as to why the car has well, been brought to a halt. I'd, but uh, they t- obviously failed, John, that uh, it's not over yet. They can't, you know, they're, they're getting prepared to have a go at fixing it.
3: Difficult at this distance and this light, uh, jaw, but they are going to lift that car ri- rather than flat-toe <laughs> it. And, as I say, difficult with the light. Oh, there might be some damage to the right front of that car, the right edge of the splitter looks a little bit odd and there may be something inside the the nostrils, if you see what I mean the air intakes at the front of that car if that is, it could have punctured a radiator or something like that but that is, as I say I'm I'm looking from a long way away with not a lot of light
2: and um, the timing of this full course caution the the overall race leader had uh, had just lapped the GTD class leader oh, wow. which was Aaron Teelitz. Not, not not that's not that big a deal um, at all but what is is significant so far as the race is concerned is that the two cars ahead of Aaron Tielitz in the GT category in the race were the two pro cars number one and number 62 but with the time of this course with with, with the uh, when the safety car came out then, the number 60, number one and number 62 have completed a lot more than the GTD leader. So now, yeah. with those cars that were within the, between the safety car and the class leader, this being, that being the number one, they are able to go around the safety car, round the wheel, and make up the positions at the back of the pack. But those in, this, in the GTD category, the non-pro class, uh, they weren't in that position to do so. So now, when we get for the restart, the GTD pro cars will all be a lap ahead of the GTDs, which actually makes it a lot cleaner to watch. Yes, to be to be fair. Um, and, and I make
3: the GTD Pro guys very happy because they've yeah. had it the other way before and never got back. And of course, then we had a uh, GT, which is what happened T-car. last year. Uh, that happened the last GTD year,
2: beat yeah. the GTD Pros for exactly that same reason. Correct. Um, but this week, this time, it's worked out in the other way around. So uh, we'll have all the GTD cars as nine, nine. GTD Pro cars. There's nine of them, are still on the lead lap. Here's the next one. Next one is, oh, the, is the McLaren, uh, the FAF Motorsports, which is. 20 laps back, so uh, 21 laps back in actual fact so those top uh, 9 cars, uh, we'll we'll find it out from there, and then we've got a big long string of uh, non-pro cars, GTD I I think there's probably going to be 15 of them on the lead lap
3: what's worrying me is they've lifted that car, that would suggest a transmission or some kind of mechanical issue, Joe Bradley is in the pit lane as the pits are opening. First of all, Joe, what have you been able to glean from the Wayne Taylor Racing pits?
0: Well, it, it's, it's kind of very busy, so I'm, I'm not really gonna push in and, and interfere when there's a lot of sort of communication going on between the pit team. Uh, the team has dashed back to the garage. I came across Marcus Ericsson, who was already suited and booted and ready, clearly ready to take over the car. So I don't know how far that number 10 was off its pit stop. Um, that might be a clue. What I'm going to do... Well, they, gonna... had
3: th- they are showing with 35% energy remaining.
0: Right. Well, I am going to head across to the garage, and I may be able to deduce what sort of job it is that they're going to attempt by the, uh, the the range of tools that uh, are now being brought out from the, uh, from, from the garage floor. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. I mean, the car will be brought back here, and then we'll uh, we'll be able to stop speculating and uh, and actually tell you what we think's wrong with it. But right now, the team are, uh, the driver, by, by the way, Marcus Ericsson, I asked, you know, any information regarding what, why the car has stopped, and he says, I don't know. And I believe him, because he's right, a racing driver. He's, he's why would he need driver. to know that? Yeah, yeah, he's just the driver. Thanks,
3: Joe. Good, good hunting. Um, of the GTP cars, as you might imagine, Richard Westbrook, just off the lead lap, uh, stayed out. Uh, as did, though, Jesse Cron. So that's not good news for Richard Westbrook, because he won't get his lap back there, Jeremy. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, I don't know where he was in relation to the uh, number 24 car, because the number 24 car was, was quite a long way down the order in seventh position. Um, so uh, i have to wait and see. Wait till they come around, or as you can see on the tracker. Um, so, I don't know is the answer to that one.
4: Okay.
3: Let me see if I can answer that question. I have a screen for that somewhere. But uh, at this part of the. There we are. Uh, so, safety car has picked up who is the answer to that 57's right at the front of the field that's the Wimwood car so I think that might. this might because they're all so close it might have to be a bino job, let's see who comes in this time Uh, the pits are open for the GT cars and it is mostly GT's doing a bit of sweeping as well as they go through so staying out uh, a number of the GT cars as they go through down into turn one we'll try and pick them off well there's richard westbrook third in line he's got two two gt cars ahead of him oh it's time for the fireworks just after 11 o'clock and we've even got a safety car now this is going on film as well for the movie although they're going to come back and re-film fireworks which are going to go off in three different areas of the track uh, that's they've got another two weeks of filming uh, here for the approximately ten minutes that uh, IMSA will feature in the movie as it stands as it stands well The the script's uh, written at the moment, but that doesn't mean you can't rewrite it, does it? Uh, Joe Bradley down in the pit lane, and he's gone back to the paddock area for this crowd strike report.
0: Felipe has arrived back. Um, I think he's a bit bemused. Felipe just discussing with the team and he's reporting back what he can smell and what he what happened uh
5: i don't know uh so we just uh something burned there because i could start feeling some smell in it in the car and then out of nothing like uh, actually i reported like some something strange here and like feel some smell um and literally the second after the car completely shut down and nothing left. Like I couldn't pick it back again. I tried to put the emergency uh, buttons on the outside, but uh, that was it. It it died. So we cannot even go to neutral. We cannot tow. We could have nothing. We need to put on a on a trailer to bring it back. The
4: car.
0: Thanks. Electrically. Well, Cars arrived back as well, guys. It's. I,
3: I thought there must have been something that was uh, potentially fire because of his Uh, his haste to want to be out of the car but he got the door open very early and then he was sort of half in, half out of the car but he didn't want to step out the car in case the hybrid hadn't deactivated and he was waiting for the AMR safety team to let him know and they gave him the thumbs up so that he could step out just after 10 o'clock. Let's give you a quick rundown. There's been a whole host of P2 and GTD pit stops. So let's run through what's going on at the front of the field. Uh, uh, At the... Yeah, that's interesting. At the head of the field, it's Jesse Kron.
2: Yeah, because he did not stop... During oh, the yes, sequence. Right. Yeah, I said um, that. Yeah. And, uh, Shea, yeah, the the, the team sold, told Shea earlier on in the race when twenty four also didn't stop that they were splitting up the car so they didn't want to get trip over each other in the pit lane, which sounded rather bizarre to me, but maybe they're doing the same again now. So they wouldn't be doing that in the later stages of the race. Now you that. The yeah, See, quite. Now, uh, yeah strange
3: And by the Porsche he, he as was, well he was at the
2: back in, in any case so he doesn't really so in this instance it doesn't re- really make it make much difference he he's only going to lose one position by uh, by doing this whereas before the cars had, had been running uh, in you know, nose to tail pretty much so uh, that was curious but uh, maybe this one makes a bit more sense
3: also coming in there uh, when the pits were up for everybody nick tandy uh, he was on the late lap. So maybe just. Uh, he's going to end up where he was, basically. So again, just going a couple of laps longer. Not coming in at the same time. 265 laps completed by the leader.
2: Yeah, the sixth car. That's that made an awful lot of pit stops during this. I think that's pit stop number 16 for them. 17. 17, is it? Okay, well, yeah, it was a penalty as well, wasn't it? That's right.
3: Oh, yes, good point. I, I'm just looking at how many times it's been down the pit lane. It's been down twice for penalties, Jeremy, for the, uh, for the power trade issues. Yeah. However, no harm, no foul. It well, just came in
2: consecutive laps, did it? Oh, yes, it did, didn't it?
3: Oh. Yeah. So, no harm, no foul in terms of being behind the safety car. I can't read too much into the fact...
2: There. D- did, did Nick Tandy get aboard that car just now or the or the stop on the previous lap? It you know, doesn't really matter, but I'm just curious.
3: Was he not in the car already? No. Who was in the Before
2: car? Before that, just... Um, Kevin Estra.
3: Yes, that's right, yeah.
2: Fairly long stint, actually. He got in um, a yeah, better part of a couple of hours, about an hour and three quarters for Kevin Estra.
3: Let's uh, go to Joe Bradley, who's been... Furreting around for updates in this CrowdStrike pit lane report, what have you uh, managed? To, did you have to interview anybody under caution for this one? Joe? No, no,
0: not at all. It's just an observation, really. Um, I've had my fair share of cars being returned to my garage on a flat, but I can tell you. Um, so they, they lifted it off, and as they were lowering it to the floor to then be wheeled in, before it even touched the floor, the, uh, the uh, Wintel Racing with Andretti engineer was in the cockpit pulling out the data cards and then literally handing them straight to a, a Honda racing engineer who, before the car had even hit, the before the tyres had touched the ground from the uh, from the tow car uh, from the lift, the Honda racing engineer had them plugged into his laptop and downloading the data to see what the problem is. The car's in its garage now and uh, it's basically swamped It's looks like a, a swarm of bees around a honeycomb, is the only way I can describe it, but uh, the in area of activity is in in the cockpit of the car and we're back to Green
3: Flag Racing thank you Joe Uh, Pete Mortarani back to the head of the field with Conor De Filippi in second Uh, Jensen Button was in third but Sebastian Bordet has dispatched JB so the 0-1 car back up into third position Bordet likes these restarts doesn't he He's getting and there he is side by side with Conor de Filippi going down into turn number six He's done him on the outside Going into turn number six These Cadillacs on the restart looking very strong and particularly when Sebastian Bordier is behind the wheel Jeremy.
2: Yeah Particularly absolutely right. He's been absolutely charging that last stint and now uh, He's got his sights uh, back on the lead of this race once again
3: 15 and a half hours still remain. Lovely evening. Air temperature and track temperature sitting around 23 Celsius. That's pleasant. Much warmer than we had at the Raw.
2: And uh, Richard Westbrook is now back on the lead lap in the Brady 5 car. Uh, however, we went back to green pretty quickly there, so he wasn't able to catch up to the back of the pack, so he's. He's um, the better part of a lap down, but uh, not in danger of, st- of going a lap down. So uh, he's, uh, he's, he's back where he needs to be, that number 85 JDC Miller Motorsports team. And P2, number two cars just leapt into the lead. It's who driving that car. Yeah, Paddo Award. Paddo Award, yeah. Uh, it was PJ Hyatt who led at the restart, but uh, Paddo has jumped, jumped him. Uh, and is now leading this race. In second position is Josh Burden in a Riley Motorsports entry and then PJ Hyatt back to third place in Spike the Dragon, the AO racing purple
3: uh, fact, Dragon. It, it is not a ball day, apparently it's rank van der Zander, Oh no. is it back? Right. Behind the wheel. Oh, really? Well I've got two different screens showing two different things I actually. Think so.
2: Baudet, and he, got it, he got
3: in. Oh, no, it's now switched back to Baudet again. So, yeah.
2: yeah. Baudet only got in at the last stint, so...
3: Confirms Philippe yeah. Nasser behind the wheel of the Porsche Penske Motorsport third-place car. Uh, so, award, Josh Byrne, P.J. Hyatt, the top three in LMP2 in GtD Broad. from Seb Priol in the E.O. GTD Pro Car. It's uh, Rexy. And Chris Meese. Antonio Garcia. In respectively the Ford number no. 64 and the Corvette number no. 3. In GTD, Phil Ellis for Windward. So that excellent drive by Daniel Morad has given the Windward guys a platform there, Jeremy. Daniel picking off a few cars as he came through then behind that car is Tom Gamble for Inception's McLaren Inception really want to step up their results this year, doing the full season they said there is no reason that they can't challenge for the championship, spoke to them earlier in the week uh, Mick Grenier is in third place for the 32 Kortoff Preston Motorsport Mercedes and off in the infield, it's the high-class racing car. This is the MDK number 20. Also involved there, Iron Dames. So this is a turn two, three again. And in the LMP2 car. The car's quite a few laps down, isn't it? So I'll have to find that for you. It's uh, Dennis Anderson again, and the Dames have got going, the 86, the 83 car, that's good news, Uh, Rahel Frey, the most experienced of the Iron Dames, former Audi Works driver, and one of the loveliest people you could meet always ready to talk and uh, give you information meantime at the front of the field Durrani just just about from van der Zander Cadillacs 1-2 then Porsche number 7 Rennie Rast number 25 that's the first of the BMWs and they are all together Renga van der Zander Felipe,
2: I think at the moment of the uh, 25 car I think
3: isn't it? Uh, yes you're right it is actually. That's just changed as well that's, Seems to be switching around over there. Sorry that's uh, I should well it doesn't matter so let's see if we can work out what happens to Rahel and everybody else. Okay so Dennis Anderson spun on his own and then Rahel locked up in avoidance it's again another right hand side wheel off the circuit, I think that was uh, perhaps another Lamborghini might have tapped Rahel and tapped her into spin, she's done well not to hit the wall there so that was people checking up after Anderson had dropped his right uh, right rear Michelin off the side of the circuit, coming out of turn one into the kink of turn two you're just joining us maybe uh, coming back in or put the kids to bed or whatever at just uh, on 20 minutes past 10 o'clock uh, back in Europe by the way, 3 o'clock in the morning wow It's coming round uh, to the end of the Dubai 24 hours as well so if you're joining us after that race you've got 15 and a half hours of endurance racing for you and the latest full course yellow caused by a systems failure bit of a burning smell and then a complete shutdown for the Acura ARX 06 of Philippe Albuquerque and Wayne Taylor racing with Andretti Autosport, very bizarre. Car grinding to a halt very quickly at the International Horseshoe, having to be lifted, couldn't even get the car into neutral. Now, danger time for Durrani up behind the Sean Creech Motorsport Car goes over the top of that car and the Iron Dames Lamborghini. Not literally, thankfully. But yes, indeed. Uh, in terms of on the banking, Bordet cuts... One way, then the other, because De Felipe is right there as well, No, it's uh, Nasa, rather, that's right there in yeah, the And actually. Uh, Felipe's not that far what behind. That? Four for the lead going into the first corner. And Durrani picks his line, sticks to it.
2: No, thank you very much, says Pippo Durrani. Yeah. But the three of them, the top three cars, covered by less than two tenths of a second as they cross the line. Thirty-one zero one and seven, and Condi Filippi also within a second in the BMW number twenty-five.
3: Marvelous stuff at the front of the field.
2: Jensen Button's watching that from a couple of seconds back, thinking, well,
3: yeah, I, I'm not wanting to get involved in that." Thanks very much. Mm. I know. Actually, JP will be going. Hang on, how do I get involved in that? Yeah, that's what he'll be saying.
2: He, he he will, won't he? And and uh, but he's got his mirrors full of the. Uh, of two more uh, Porsches with Neil Gianni and then Nick Tandy hot on his tail
3: Equidistant down to the Le Mans chicane Durrani, Borde Nasser De Filippi, Jensen, Button in 5th position for the darker blue, number 40, accurate.
2: Yeah, Richard Westbrook is just over a minute behind, a minute six, so keep it, Actually, a minute 13 in total uh, behind the race leader Pipo Durrani, but um, that, that would leave him 25 seconds or so uh, away from being any danger of being lapped. 36.8 there for Pipo Durrani, the race leader. Hurry up a bit.
6: That's a lot.
3: LMP2, Pato Awards in the United Autosport number two. The remaining United Autosport car, the 22, having been retired, just too much damage. They did uh, repair it, put new bodywork on it, but the car just wasn't running, and they decided then to pull it out. Uh, thanks very much to Murph who I've seen for a little while for the for the delivery Just things to keep us going through the night 107.9 FM around the circuit around the world on RST part of the Radio Show Limited network of audio and visual channels Sirius XM 207 and of course on the World Feed TV coming up later on into the early hours are now famous night owls and as in recent years it'll be Johnny Palmer and Bruce Jones from the from Studio 2 of the Global Broadcast Centre powered by Sacred Coffee tight at the front. Top four by just on a second and a half. Ward's pulled out 2.7 seconds in LMP2 over Josh Byrne. And then there's another six seconds or so. Back to third place. GTD Pro top two. Two and a half between them.
2: Yeah, GTD in the top five are covered by uh, less than two seconds. Jake Walker at the wheel number 96 car. a, A youngster managed by buddy rice he did some lamborghini super trofeo racing last season this is his debut start in the imsa WeatherTech sports car championship
7: penalty oh, new leader
3: uh, has gone past dirani yep absolutely penalty for the It's the Magnus car fire extinguisher not properly manned. That'll be a drive through for the number 44. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Uh, Nicky Team has been in. In fact, he's on his outlap now, so he'll probably come straight back in and push them back down the field. So Borde and Durrani side by side across the line, and Durrani gets the decision that time around. Well, actually, I've got Durrani Ahead on one screen and Bortney on the other. There's Durani back yeah. to the top on the other screen. That's wow. fine. And he's pulled out one point five seconds. They've been having a scrap. Let us let's put it that way. So they've just gone across the start finish line. Let's see if I can pick them off through the infield. They, there they are going through. with uh, Nasser and Felipe trying to chase them down big puff of smoke from the far end somebody's gone straight on at the uh, west hairpin and now I'm so, sort of looking at that thinking that's a GTP car and it was in the vicinity of the leaders it's reversing out now. And I think it might be Bourdais' car. I'm only looking at it through the binoculars at the moment. Is that the Zero One car? It is the Zero One car. So Bourdais off the track whilst trying to chase down the leader. So Nas has gone through into second place. And it's all on his own. Locked up. Long way out for day Durani was having his own struggles through the traffic. But that was quite extraordinary. And he's got a puncture. There's a puncture on the 0-1 car. It's scraping the ground. Sparks coming off the back of it all around the oval. Heading towards the Le Mans chicane. That would suggest to me it's running very low at the back. So there's either a suspension problem or a puncture. Another bit of drama for the Cadillac. Yeah, he's pulled off. He's not taking the racing line. One of the advantages of having uh, paved off the area that used to be grass is that anybody who does have an issue can pull out of the way. Is it a left front problem? Because the car is certainly sparking right underneath. Had the helicopter shot, we can see it coming out the back, but I think it's emanating from the front left of Bourdais' car. So, Joe Bradley, stand by for action. I'm, I'm guessing, and it's only a guess, but I'm guessing this is a left front puncture or suspension problem. What are the t- are the team up on the wall, and what have they got up there, Joe?
0: Oh yes, they're uh, they're. P- gone springing into action and ready to receive the car body onto pit lane now, comes immediately across to the left, skirts my feet, it's a front-left puncture, that's what it is, so front-left puncture, Uh, it's going to get new wheels and tyres all the way around, and a change of driver, so ah, battle for the lead, that was intriguing wasn't it, just so captivating watching these... Drivers duke it out, and where he's picked that up, I do not know. We haven't seen, and and it's left hand. I mean, there's a lot of lot of energy going through the right hand side tyres here at Daytona, but left hand, that's got to be a slight contact or something, or maybe, maybe. I'll tell you what that is. You saw the length of lockup going into that uh, horseshoe. Yeah, but was that cause or effect? I think I I think think it's just I think the puncture. Is because he's flat spotted the tyre.
3: I think he was locked up because he had the puncture. Because he I had the puncture. He better find out, diving. There was
2: some the contact between those two Cadillacs when they were going back and forth and battling for yeah. the lead, as they did on a couple of occasions.
3: Meantime, in the Taylor Racing number ten car garage, and I mean garage, off the lead lap. Uh, that car is still being worked on. Era Motorsport in the pit lane with the number eighteen LMP two. I, it was such a long way back, Jeremy, from the overhead. I, I'm I'm pretty certain that Sebastian Bourdais had that puncture early. Joel Bradley's down there. He'll try and have a word with Bourdais with Sebastian. The sidewall on the tyre was ripped let's see if we can find out what's happened Sebastian Bordet is with Joe Bradley for
0: a crowd strike report Seb, Seb was it the tyre deflating that
1: caused that off yeah the, the GT that was in front of me coming off of three swerved to the right and there was a pile of debris right there I don't know what it was there was I think a mirror and something else and it initially I thought it was just a piece of debris under the car and uh, no it sliced the tyre right away the tyre went down and I was lucky not to hit the tires because I didn't think I was going to stop it. Not sure you've lost a
0: massive amount of time. You've got to be straight back in it.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, if I had hit the tires, it would have been really bad. But uh, obviously now we're probably a lap down, but it uh, could have been a lot worse. Okay, man. Okay,
2: so we're all wrong. (laughs) <laughs> except no we were all right in a way weren't we because uh, the, punk- the the off down there was caused by the puncture. puncture it's just the cause for the puncture was running over that's, that debris beforehand so, look, so uh, great great work there by Joe Bradley thank you very much and uh, hats off to Sebastian Bourdais for answering those questions because he wouldn't have been a happy Frenchman uh, no
3: he's a man from Le Mans originally isn't he he's yes.
2: yeah St. Petersburg now. And my wife Claire and the family. They've been there for, for many, many years now. So Pippa Durani leads and 277 laps completed. 277 laps, not bad, is it? No, um, no, not by seven and a half seconds it was last time over Philippe Nasser. So he hasn't got the other Cadillac to worry about anymore. That little, little exchange between those two was our 22nd and 23rd lead changes uh, in this race for the overall in GTP. Countless changes in the other classes as well. Uh, in third position now is uh, Colin Filipi uh, And he's about three seconds ahead of Jensen Button, who's maintaining a similar gap and actually pulled away a little bit over the last few laps from Nick Tandy in the uh, best of the Porsches that's kind of six in the fifth position P- behind him is Neil Jarny in the Proton Porsche car number five. Oh, sorry excuse me P- Philippe Nasr is in second place excuse me uh, so yes. Philippe Nazar in second place in number seven Porsche uh in lp 2 P- 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 Palo award uh, leads the class in car number two for United Aller Sports but not by very much Josh Burden who's uh, a very talented young man in that uh, driving the, the Riley the car number 74, a lot of success last season uh, with uh, Gar Robinson and uh, he's uh, just a couple of three seconds back and then Nick Boole who's back at the wheel of the number 52 car Nick who qualified the uh, into europe haul by PR1 Matheson Motorsports car number 52 that yellow and orange car uh, in second position just a tenth of a second behind Ben Keating in qualifying last weekend. In GTD Pro, meanwhile, as it has been since the restart, the Corvette of Tommy Milner leads by a couple of seconds only over the Ford. So it's Chevrolet and Ford first and second. The second Chevrolet, Antonio Garcia in third position. Then the Lamborghini of Andrea in number 19 car. That car's overcome a couple of penalties due to refuelling infractions, or re- too fast refueling Yes, it, uh, it's, it's been the problem. David de Regon is now at the real race competition, only Ferrari in fifth position. Uh, and behind him is Neil Verhagen in number uh, number one, Paul Miller Racing BMW. So uh, the top nine cars in GGD Pro, are a lap ahead of all the uh, GTD cars which is currently led by Phil Ellis in car of 57 again since the restart yeah. that Windward car has been at the front of the pack in GTD
3: yeah hard work done by uh, Daniel Moritz, yeah. picking his way through with some very stout drivers out there that's your VP in oh, race after a
2: brilliant drive yesterday as well Oh yeah, oh, race.
3: just incredible and, uh, Jeremy Shaw there with the VP racing in race updates through the middle for the number 40 car, Jensen Button threads the eye of the needle. He has to, he's been chased by Nick Tandy. A couple of Brits going at it there and splitting the two GTT cars. There was a little, a, a tiny hesitation from the Jensen Button Acura but only a tiny one. And then he, he, he thought, nah, I, they've seen me could have got very messy very quickly couldn't it Nick Tandy Sterling work for him as well 16 seconds off the lead just three tenths away from JB oh the McLaren slides out the inception McLaren slides out through turn number one and Right rear clips Jensen Button that put him offline, he's dirty, his tyres, here's Tandy down the inside of the International Horseshoe. They touch, they touch again. Button with the inside line to the left-handed King, but Tandy's made it through. Uh, welcome to Daytona Jensen. Very interesting that they only put JP in the car once it got dark. Yeah. So, originally, it was the Inception McLaren that just the back, lost the back end a tiny bit, pushed Jensen offline, battle for fourth in GTP we're talking about here. Tandy says, I'll have a little look down the inside, maybe I can make this work.
2: Who's driving the
3: McLaren? The Inception car.
2: Oh, was it the Inception car, was it?
3: Uh, I think so, yeah.
2: I thought it was number nine, but you probably right.
3: Oh, was, no, no. Uh, I'm sorry. But
2: if it was number it, nine, it was, it was Rossi. Rossi.
3: Yeah, it was Rossi. It was the FAF car, my apologies. I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah.
2: It's hard to, hard to get our heads around. In fact, there's two McLarens in the race now. Because we haven't we really had, had, one had one for
3: one. such a long time. No. Then we had one, and then yeah. we lost it. And, yeah. And also, with due respect to FAF and... Please don't take this the wrong way. I don't think Faf McLaren. I think Inception McLaren. I think Faf had another manufacturer at that point. So you're absolutely spot on. As soon as you said, was it the number nine? I went, yeah, of course it was the number nine. That's the, Oh, no, that is the Faf car. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, so Nick Tandy with the opportunist move. Uh, as Jensen Button tried to go on the high side of the Faf McLaren. <laughs> Alexander Rossi, Alex just getting the power on a little bit too much, slid the car out. That opened the door for Nick Tandy on the inside. Gets right on the back of the Jensen Button car. He made the pass at the International Horseshoe. Uh, well, from one McLaren I- involved, that was the Faf car to the inception card Joe Bradley is down at the
0: inception pit uh, Sean Goff your team principal uh, down here at Inception McLaren uh, the boys were just speculating about you know your season ahead here in Imza and just how ambitious you guys are It's a championship that you're going for
8: yeah for sure I mean um, you know coming out to America a um, uh, British based team is uh It's always a daunting task. You know, the the Americans are super passionate about being uh, hugely successful on their home soil. Um, But, you know, we've embraced the culture out here and we love racing out here. Uh, But ultimately, we're here to win. And, um, you know, we've been close on many occasions. Um, And really, you know, we want to start this year off with a bang, really. And, um, you know, we're we're all all focused on trying to um, score as many points at the six hours, 12 hours... 18 hours and ultimately being there at the, at the fighting and the finish at the 24 hours so your
0: engineers t- kind of deliberately going for those those like, um what they're called yeah, they're
8: those points the, in the race th- those points because you know as as we all know points make prizes and um you know and um we've we've got brendan harib in the car who's a bronze driver who's one of only a few bronze drivers um in this championship and um he has to do four and a half hours and um we strategically placed him in the car he's got 20 minutes left to do um so he'll go in after the 12 hours so we'll try and go for the 12 hour points we got second uh, second at the six hours and um so we're aiming to um aiming to get the 12 hour points currently sitting second place at the moment um so so, yeah, it's a, it's a big strategic battle all the way through for 24 hours. And, um, yeah, I mean, we'd love to be there at the end. And um, last year we finished third. Um, it's our third Daytona 24. And we're um, fingers crossed it's third time lucky.
0: You know what, John? It wasn't that long ago when we thought of McLarens and endurance racing as kind of a fragile option. But that's certainly not the case these days, is it? It's a cracking product.
8: Absolutely. I mean, the guys, uh, the guys at McLaren and um, and and our little team of people really have have fully focused on um, refining um, refining the the products now. And um, you know, it's uh, it's it's proven itself. You know, it's um, it's always in the in in the fight in any endurance uh, race we do. You know, Asia Le Mans Series. um, We we got a podium finish there. Then we went straight from there to Gulf Twelve Hours and got a a win there at Gulf Twelve Hours. So, you know, we're, we're we're very happy with the products we've got, and uh, people like Faf jumping from Porsche to, to McLaren, I think, is off the back of what we've seen we could do with a car. And, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're probably McLaren's biggest shot window at the moment. So, uh, uh, yeah, look, looking forward to it. And uh, IMS is a big old long season, and, um, and yeah, we've got to take each race as it comes, like, you know, but we're, we're, we're ready for it this year.
0: Thanks for that, Chad, Sean. I'll not pester you again, mate. I promise. Cheers, Bob.
3: He doesn't mind. He doesn't mind at all. While Joe was talking, Scott Dixon was in and out of the pits in the 0-1 yeah. Cadillac. Was that on time, Jeremy?
2: No, have no, no. He's only in half a lap, so he took so. over from Boudet after that puncture. So I don't think um, that would have been on schedule at all.
3: They, they were standing around looking at the car, but they couldn't seem to decide what to do with it. So Joe Bradley's going to have to hot-foot it all the way down the other way. Meantime, the number four Corvette is in. They were checking the brake wear on both the front and the back brakes. They're cleaning out assiduously now every uh, pit stop, cleaning out all of the air intakes, both at the front and on the side. They put a new set of Michelins on. Yeah, they just put right-side Michelins on there, I think, as they head out down the pit lane. And I can tell you that that car was brought in by Tommy Milner. If you give me a second, I'm going to tell you who taking, who's taking it out as well. Eric looks has just brought the Dragon Speed 81 into the pit lane. Chris meets Meese in the 64 Ford, second in GTD Pro. It's been a very long time for Tommy Wilder to get out of the pit lane. and in fact that's because it's not Tommy Miller, he's still in the pit lane Nicky Katzberg is taking over the number 4 car for Corvette Racing by Pratt Miller Scott Dixon back into the pits and has he gone behind the wall or is he doing a drive through Who? Scott Dixon's just done a drive through I think Oh, uh, yeah. Oh,
2: yeah, pit lane speed violation.
3: Right, thank you.
2: So that's another stop, was it? Okay.
3: Next. Exactly 15 hours to go. It is just past 20 minutes before 11 o'clock Eastern. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us. The leaders have completed 200... And eighty five laps. Pete Udirani leads by seven and a half seconds. Felipe Naza. Cadillac versus Porsche. BMW in third. Three of our four manufacturers in the top three.
2: Yeah, the Acura challenge uh, has been halved, unfortunately, with the uh, length he did. I think the car's been retired, but it's uh, been in the garage for a long, long time, number 10, so just number 40 car remained in there. Jensen Button running in fifth position.
3: Moment to go. The Triazi Ferrari taking a grassy run across the normally pristine turf over at the Le Mans Chiquette.
2: Ricardo Agostini driving that car at the moment.
3: Oh, is it? Mm. Getting lots of different information. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm being stupid. I'm doing exactly what I told everybody not to do early on. I was looking at the 23, not the 0, 23 Ah, on the timing screen. Because I was thinking, what's, what's, I (laughs) think Riff prepare us doing it, that car. reception McLaren then, looking at the back of the number 57, Phil Ellis, or Tom Gamble, battling for the lead in GTD. Should say that... The GTDs are now all back on the lead GT lap, if you see what I mean. They got split up, didn't they, with the one of the earlier safety cars. I think they're all lying astern behind the GTD pros now, Jeremy. We've got nine GTD pros before we get down to Phil Ellis in the 57 car.
2: No, I think they are a lap down. It's, it's just that some down. of the other yeah, because I think that's a bit confusing because some of the GGG pros just made a pit stop, so they've fallen kind of Aye, almost a lap you. down. So I think that's what the uh, difference is. Oh, Mikey Taylor.
3: Come um, on, Mikey, come and sit down. Yeah. Don't be shy.
2: With a, uh, the 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 story, one of the oh, many yeah. stories of yesterday.
3: Yeah. Spoiler alert! If you've not seen michelin pilot challenge go and put the kettle on for five minutes <laughs> yes. because you will want to see it when it pops up on youtube and i don't want to spoil it for you mikey good evening sir how are you doing? i'm well how are you fantastic fantastic
2: you come off that cloud yet
9: ah uh, working my way <laughs> just came off a four-hour spot instance so yeah Yes.
2: Hey, yeah. You're you spotting for the JDC Milmo Sports yeah. Team, which is the car, team you drive for in the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Yeah. So there was a while there, I don't know, an hour or so ago, where the the car seemed to be off sequence, made a couple of stops that were a little bit earlier than I would have anticipated. The car fell off the lead lap. Yeah. Was that was there a problem? There or was that just running older tyres, or
9: we were just trying to beat a yellow. Actually, there was a, an incident. We tried to beat the yellow, and we just fell off sequence. We came in got some uh energy and went back out but just missed it a little bit and so fell mm-hmm. that behind
3: but uh overall i think clever. the pace has been pretty good yeah we were trying to be clever well, sometimes you're this windscreen sometimes you're the bug got to talk about yesterday um and the day before actually we just had a spin. No, for, it was all yesterday well, well yes it started the day before let's true, not forget true, 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 true. uh we just had a spin for the gradient nsx by the way uh and that now going slowly around the banking so I'll Ah, keep an eye on that one Sheena Monk in the Jesse Wentworth white and green car so the worst words you could hear on a road car or a race car is electrical problem and you had the absolute doozy you had the mother of all electrical problems because the damn thing wouldn't even start and you missed a couple of sessions pretty much didn't you oh yeah yeah,
9: we uh, the car ran perfectly fine on Wednesday, and uh, we tried to crank it on Thursday, and it just wouldn't start. So nothing. It,
3: it, it would turn of, over. It sort of t-
9: turned over, but it would
3: just never actual fire up. So no, it's you know if there's something, you know, it'll try to start sometimes. and you think? Oh, am I not getting enough fuel through? Or, but nothing. It just didn't even cough and splutter. It didn't try. It,
9: it the, the ignition would kind of turn over, but there was just no, you know there was no fuel there was no ignition none wow. of that. yeah so where do you start with that where did you start with that that's always the biggest problem with electrical exactly you, 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 there's so many components on these complex cars that it's near impossible to narrow down so we just started on the list we started with ignition coils we started with the starter motor the alternator and worked our way down the fuel list there. pump.
4: Exactly. exactly
9: so you exhausted all of that so what was left the only two things that were left was the ECU and the actual wiring harness on the chassis oh of the car, which, which is so complex it
3: would be near impossible to go through. Right, so the ECU was what you needed. That's easy. It's a, it's a race car. It's an Audi race car. You, you know, ring up Audi Motorsport or, you, you know, you go on the website and, and a bloke pops over and says, There you go, mate. S- sign here. That's that's easy, isn't it? You're at a racetrack. I wish.
9: I wish. So that wasn't possible. Unfortunately, not. Unfortunately, not. This was. A, no one in the US had a, a spare one of these, and uh, I think we highlighted to a couple of the other TCR teams that this this could be a problem for them too because yep. we asked all around. So none of everyone.
3: the teams here had a spare.
9: Nope. No one had a, no. No one had a spare, and, and even some of the other manufacturers didn't have spares for their own cars. So I think we highlighted oh, wow. a bigger issue here. But uh, and unfortunately, we were the ones that had to learn the lesson the hard way.
3: Right. So then you have to go further afield from the States. Where do you even start? Is there a, is there a website or an app where you go, right, who owns a RS3 TCR?
9: Unfortunately, no. we I mean, we were just looking and trying to use my network and, and the team's network to see what's, what's around. We looked in Canada. We looked in in Mexico, we looked all around and just kind of see what's close by and what we had access to. Because a lot of, there were no spares. There, there's not a spare sitting on the shelf somewhere. All of the ECUs are in the cars themselves. Right. So we either had to find someone that had a car we could yeah. borrow
3: or another solution. Right. And you found another solution because, and I'm intrigued to know how you found this out you located a car that had been racing but had been crashed and therefore was sitting rather sadly Oh there's the AWA car going back behind the wall again was that the 13 Jeremy? yes right that's been a tale of war for that car as well and oh, yeah. by the way the there's an incident under review uh, with the Triazi car we saw that car on the dirt a little while ago and Sheena Monk has pitted as well in the 66 car. Michael Taylor with us, talking about yesterday and the day before. and That um, interesting story with the number 17 uh, Audi from uh, the Mission and Pilot Challenge. So, there's, a rather, there's, a, there's an Audi TCR feeling sorry for itself sitting under a, a dust sheet somewhere. You find this car and you decide at least to let the tcr uh ecu of that car fulfill its audi destiny and go racing but then you've got to get it from from mexico that's the next part of the story that i find incredible tell us what happened
9: that was just crazy and and that's just testament to kind of the paddock working together they our friends from gal racing new emsa competitor um and a fellow tcr competitor they had some people in in mexico that they kind of knew had this crash car it wasn't even an audi it was a, a seat which ah. we, so oh. we don't run same yet. engine yeah so, same engine built, but actually
3: built in the same facility exactly yeah but the we got the golfs the, the cupras and the the audi rs3s are all built in the same facility exactly yeah. but the the scary
9: part about that is we didn't actually you know, we. We didn't know until the race that this would work at all because so it was a different car, different country, you know, different timeline of it. So
3: am I right to say the guy who owned this Cupra pulls the ECU, but you need the control box as well because they're matched together. They, 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 you can't just stick an ECU in because it, it won't talk to the rest of the car. Stick that in his hand luggage and jump on a flight to Orlando. At, well,
9: so a, a fellow from Gow Racing... In, in Mexico, located this crashed car at 10 p.m. on Thursday night. Oh, my
3: goodness, you're racing on Friday.
9: And, and uh, eventually got it out the car and everything by about midnight. And we booked the flight, and he made it to the airport at about 4 a.m. on Friday and had luggage exclusively. Uh, this gentleman, Roberto, spoke uh, not one word of English. And um and he boarded a plane for Suspect. Orlando.
3: Jerry Brookheimer, you're listening. Because
2: <laughs> this <laughs> is his story, mate. We're only you, right about halfway through the story. Oh, know, yeah. the yeah. <laughs> We're not even in Act three yet. Yeah, That's great. So he
3: lands at Orlando. So, so and,
2: then, and then it's then it's straightforward, right? But no, uh, hang on, I, I want to know what exactly. happens to no, first re- of
3: all, I want to know what happens to Roberto. Does he come to the track and, well, and wait, watch wait, you or does he turn around and go
2: home? Go back a bit. Back pedal just a little bit, John. Alright.
3: No, we,
9: yeah, so we we, uh, we arrive at the airport. I I decided I really wanted to take charge. I, I wanted to be there. So uh, we we got to the airport early. We are sitting and waiting. But uh, I know myself, and, and you probably know, when you're coming in, sometimes customs can take oh, an hours. hour, yeah, two hours. I've, I've waited before. So we didn't have that. His flight only landed at 11 o'clock. And their pre-grid started here at 12:45, and Orlando is one hour plus away. Oh. So, he landed Don't at 11. Don't admit to anything that you can be prosecuted for here, Mr. Taylor. I, I try not to. And uh, we were just waiting, and he said he was he was texting back and forth with us, telling us that the line for customs is quite long. So in Spanish, we're just waiting. We? He was texting another guy in, in Spanish. Yeah. Oh wow. So. Uh, just waiting, waiting, waiting until he could get out eventually. And he only made it out at about 45 past past 11.
4: No. So did one, he turn
3: around and go straight home or did you bring him to the track? We brought
9: him with to experience the Daytona and uh, the Rolex 24 weekend. Good for you. So he, he had a good time and he got to witness. So,
3: so you, you get into the car, you plug it in and you literally have no clue. So it's waiting... How much time did you have between plugging that in and putting the car on the pre-grid? We
9: were, we were late to the pre-grid, actually, so, <laughs> so zero. No, no time. But, um,
3: and did it fire first time when you put this stuff in?
9: When we, we connected it, it fired, which was which Well, that's was more than you'd have Exactly, so that was a win in itself, <laughs> but it wouldn't shift. The gearbox wasn't talking to it. So we had to run some diagnostics there. Eventually worked it through and pulled it onto the pre-grid. So you start dead
2: last. Yep. And you're exhausted by this. So I was. I was
9: really tired before <laughs> the race even started. So well,
2: Chris, mean, Chris Millers there to do the opening. Stage thank goodness. For you. Thank goodness. But
3: never mind the physical. So you must have been mentally completely blown away at this point. How oh, could yeah. you even? I'm like, hang on. Where, where's my earplugs? Where's where's my <laughs> gloves? Where I'd have been, you might as well have just buried me at that point.
9: I'm 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 really glad my co-driver Chris, Chris took the first uh, couple stints because I was I was pretty knackered after. We, we had basically been through this from seven a.m. On, on Thursday, all the way through. Didn't sleep much on Thursday night, and uh, yeah, eventually there at one
3: p.m. Okay, this is the this is the spoiler alert. So close your ears if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, incredible drive, the car performed faultlessly, uh, it was a rocket ship, like like you'd been practising all week and you had, you'd you missed a session and a half effectively didn't even qualify and long story short, you win the race I mean, dream,
9: dream come true
3: Jerry Brookheim has just sent me a message saying, can't use that <laughs> it's totally improbable even for me <laughs> you can't write this stuff
9: i i was I was waiting for the 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 shoe to drop uh during the race at some point yeah. because you know it's just everything was going right uh we had a couple pit stop issues, but you know when I was in that car i was just I was just waiting because we we had no idea it would work, we had no idea at some point some I still felt that the issue could be in the electrical harness yeah. for some reason, yeah. So we had no idea,
3: because this was a Hail Mary, if you plugged oh, it in and 100%. it hadn't started, you were that's it. You were, we were done. We were done. Yeah. And the fact that it started, you think great, but then you've got to reprogram the gearbox. Did, was it the same gearbox? Was it a sequential or was it a DSG or the? Cooper it was the a
9: sequential, but right. I don't know why when you plugged it in, just didn't uh, yeah. link up. They're all
3: temperamental because they have to. Do they have to do the little handshake? Yeah, don't they? street car. Yeah, and yeah,
9: Race car and everything like that. Ooh. Yeah.
3: So, is it specific ECU to the race car? Is it?
9: It's specific to the Audi. Um, it's a magnetic Morelli ECU. All right. So that is a race car. You, you'll find the same one in um, the, the old LMP threes that used to be here. Yeah. And then I, I think the the Porsche um, might have a two, the GTP. So.
3: So Roberto got to see his ECU win at Daytona. He did. So it did fulfil its, uh, its EC, racing ECU destiny. It did, and we're going to use it. Uh, you're going to keep hold of it? We're going to use it for the rest of the season, hopefully. Oh, stay with us, mate. We'll finish off the story in a second. Let's go down to the CrowdStrike uh, pit reporters. Uh, we're in with the GTPs. Uh, Nick Tandy in the pit lane.
0: Yeah, just straightforward, it looks like. And I think he stayed in the car there. Um, it's a little bit further up. It's already off the pit apron and coming past me, John. So you might have had a better view as to whether we saw Dick. In fact, let's just wait until he gets out there and we'll see if he stayed in. Uh, the 31 in the pits as well. There goes the 25 BMW. So we have got a flurry of GTP cars. We've got the Proton Competition Porsche 963. That's the Munchai Mustang sampling car number five that's finished. It's, um I think, we're still waiting for the 31. No sign of it yet. No, it's just but past I, you. Oh, it has, has it? Yeah. Are you <laughs> sure that was a BMW? No, it's Jack Aitken that's taken that car over. He got out ahead
3: of Tandy and Tandy stayed in the car. Conor De DeFollipe is coming in the 25. Neil Janney's coming in the Mustang sampling car. It's Nick Yellowly who's taken over the 25 BMW. Um,
0: RLL. I tell you what I did notice though, with the lights that are coming head on towards me those 963s they've got the look of a 962 in oh, this light, it's
3: incredible squint, squint a bit, no doubt do not have to squint? Per- purple running lights for uh, Nick Tandy's car by the way, is the way to see they turn the headlights off as soon as they hit the pit lane limit and they just leave the four spots, four little LED spots on, which is the Audi Audi, I'm talking to an Audi man, you say the Porsche light signature I need to know how to get coloured LEDs uh, there's got it, there'll be the, on the wiring loom. there's bound to be a, something that I can have a fiddle with on my Porsche to get them four lights in in a different colour uh, Jimmy Bruni, by the way, took over the Porsche 963 for port, uh, Proton competition, we're waiting for uh, Philip Eng to come into the pit lane and Felipe Mnasser, Mikey Taylor with us from the winning TCR team yesterday in Michelin Pilot Challenge. Well I'm delighted that Roberto got this in. Was there a bit of celebration at the end of that one? Oh Mikey? for sure
9: oh for sure. We were just celebrating being there and, and uh, everyone had a great time so That's a, a good, hell of a story mate. heck of a story and just, just to be there and just to, you know, everyone works so hard to just
3: get it done. So, when during the race did you realize you had a chance of winning? Because the car came, when Chris started the car, he steamed through the field. Uh, he'd passed 10 cars in a, in, a, in a few laps. Aaron, who's our producer who produces the pictures for us in the World Feed, he's up at uh, Concord. And he was saying to me, Biggest mover is the 17 car. We've just had a little bit of a whoopsie, I think, there by Tandy, haven't we? That is the number six car coming out of the Le Mans Chicane he's back up to speed very quickly oh, it was the sorry it was the five car Steel Jani uh, who uh,
2: Jimmy Bruni, Jimmy Bruni just yeah, took just, over that car just I just said that didn't I yeah.
3: yes. should listen to myself once in a while <laughs> and that uh, Porsche in the Mustang sampling colours uh, running okay a little bit dusty on the right hand side of that car so Tandy's in
2: the lead of the race Uh,
3: Tandy is not the lead of the race he's got past well he didn't leave in front of jack akard so he must have just picked, picked, got a, got ahead of him that's
2: was interesting it? yeah because i mean there, there was a big gap there was 15 seconds between the pair of them before that round of pit stops
3: well let me see if somebody short foot fueled uh no everybody who came in there got the full energy
9: he came out of the pits at the same time, so yeah. something, something must have happened there. The 31 yeah, car was ahead, yeah, yeah, for sure,
3: when it came out. Mikey Taylor with us. When, when, did, when did you think that the win was on? Because Chris had a, had a tremendous opening four or five laps.
9: Uh, halfway through the last lap, I would say. Because really? you really were waiting just for it to go pop. And we were running out of fuel. We, we, didn't have, uh, we finished the race with uh, 0.3 litres of fuel left. Wow! So we were we were running out of fuel, and and uh, the the Hyundai, and then before that the 61 Audi were pushing us. So yeah, you know, we were barely making it.
2: Top, top four cars together here, all, all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. We That's bizarre. How did that happen? Because they they were all fairly well spaced apart before that uh, round of pit stops. But all of a sudden now it's number six, thirty-one, seven, and twenty-four covered by just two seconds as they cross the line. Uh,
3: I mean a final question mate before we let you go because you've just done your spotter stint and you'll need a bit of rest (laughs) um although you're probably still full of adrenaline from yesterday um did you have to recalibrate anything because with an ecu that is i mean that is literally the heart of the car nowadays it controls everything so that's not just the engine and the spark and the fuel and the injectors but it's things as, as you said it's like the paddle shift and all that sort of stuff so um did that throw any like your fuel calculations for example? Did that throw your fuel calculations out?
9: No, luckily before this before we rolled to pre grid we were able to reflash it. Ah. Uh, so when we when we realized we couldn't shift, we reflashed it to the That's, impre- ha- and
3: and that's fantastic. You had an eleven year old in the pit who could actually do that for you, did you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Our guy mate.
9: Jimmy did it for us. So.
3: Mate, it's superb and and your you Mexican mate, have you sent him home now?
9: He is—he has is gone home now. Yeah, I don't believe he's still here, but he's—he's he's gone home. He experienced it, and uh, what hopefully a story he'll be back. He's got yeah, to tell. We, I told him he's a hero. He should go back and, and tell everyone in his hometown, Mexico City, that he's—he's a, he's a hero there. I
3: love it. I want to know if he
9: gets his Cupra back out now <laughs> after that repairs it, the Cupra. It was pretty badly damaged. Oh, so really? I think that one will be a
3: spares spares car for the whole of Mexico, maybe. Right. Okay. Mikey, brilliant story. Uh, you were a you unanim- done in fact when the car got it wasn't even I think it was still about an hour to go and we started talking about the Michelin moment of the race. And we said, well, whatever happens to the seventeen crew, the JDC Unitronics are getting the Michelin moment of the race, just for getting the car started. It was the Michelin moment before the race, actually. So you've got a brand new set of Michelin tyres coming up, coming your way. Uh, courtesy of the Michelin moment of the race. That's
9: awesome. Now I, I uh I really enjoyed it and and now we're uh we're doing okay
3: here uh with with the 85 so hopefully Mm. climb a couple spots well let's talk about that because time and van der helms in that car what a young talent he is by the way and he's he's took to this like a duck to water hasn't he super impressive i mean
9: even in qualifying there you know these are the top of the top drivers in sports car racing around the world i mean it, it really is impressive
3: Well, we wish you all the best with that as we've got a slow-moving NSX. Sheena Monk in the gradient number 66, staying well down below the yellow lines and now, in fact, pulling even further over to the left. That car had a little problem earlier on, but they got back up to speed. And with 14.5 hours to go, I think she's going to get back to the pit lane. Yeah, she is. As she pulls in now, Nick Dearman has joined us in the pit lane. Evening, Nicholas.
10: Ah, good evening, John. The temperature has dropped noticeably in the last two hours. When I was uh, uh, enjoying the uh, the wonders of the press room, so it's actually become exceptionally pleasant now to be out here of the uh, glorious nighttime uh, ambiance of uh, smoke and barbecue and audiences and all sorts of things the Monk goes past had a huge uh, set of uh, GTD cars to uh, greet me as I came in and we all saw an accident between the uh, the car that's pretending to be uh, Brad Pitt and the uh, Turner Motorsport um, BMW as the, um, the car's B-
3: pretending to be Brad Pitt that, that that would be that would be a little bit beyond let's, the bounds
10: let's not, not start putting our own values you know. on the car the car may identify <laughs> as a well known uh, Hollywood star who knows um but yeah so uh, it, it's, uh, there was a very close the, the, the 120 which is caused the right motorsport car dived in as the uh, BMW left but just managed to stop as they kind of were thinking about having what would be been uh, very embarrassing actually quite a spectacular incident but uh, we've seen a couple of near misses but so far everyone's uh, managed to avoid an actual hit.
3: I to say thank you very much to Nick Damon there and also thank you to Mikey Taylor who's been with us bit please pass on our very best to the team that was Thank so you. entertaining on a number uh, of levels yesterday the race itself was a corker i hope you get to sit and watch it back because what was, you have no idea what was going on at the front of the field it was just as intense as what was going on in in tcr it's worth a watch when it gets onto youtube mate. i'll definitely do that
9: hopefully have a good year of racing ahead just like that uh, i'll take it I'll tell that
3: fella. Oh, and by the way, a four-hour race at uh, Mid Ohio—that's going to be
9: exciting. I'm you, really excited about that. Me. Yeah, I know,
3: famous. Yeah, I I'm like really it. excited
9: about that. So right. that'll
3: be a good time. Go and get some sleep. Thank you. Appreciate and, it. Uh, Mikey Taylor from JDC UniTronics. Uh, what a story that was. Let's dip back down to, uh, to Nick in the pit lane, and uh, the next voice you hear after that will be. Uh, Peter McKay
10: yeah with the gradient racing car uh, Sheila Monk took it in they are having a look at the intake side of the big Acura engine uh, it's a V6 twin turbo they're having uh, not actually more where the not so much the actual air intake but uh, the and series around it they're moving back the heat shield so it's it, doesn't look like but it might actually be a yes yeah, it is the intake cannon that they're looking at not too sure whether they've got something loose, so he's not quite connected there's no great let's attack with all the spanners we have situation at the moment, but they are having a, a good old uh, search of my guess is that thing's suddenly gone down on power and they don't know why but well, uh, I'll hang around and find out and uh, meanwhile let's see what Peter has to tell me
5: all I have to tell you Nick is that you're brilliant it's one of our crowd strikes. That's all I want to hear. Lane good, <laughs> good. What it? it's not brilliant though, sadly for the the gradient team, um, Jeremy. This they've, they've had some great pace all week, and yep. uh, this is you know middle of the night. This is not what they're not what they're looking for. No, at all.
2: very disappointing for them. And uh, the pit stops uh, going on now for the GTD cars. Number twelve car that it was uh, is currently second place in the class uh, has just made a pit stop. Number seventy car. Uh, is now in the pits, that uh, is the, uh, has been the leader for the last little while. Number 57 car came in uh, a little while ago, so I think that pretty much completes the sequence now in GTD for pit swaps, but the action has been at the front of the field. After the pit swaps, we saw the number 6 car in the lead of the race, number 31 car that had been leading pretty convincingly. Jack Aitken has taken over the wheel of that car from Pipo Durrani. Uh, and he was uh, has just been o- was overtaken by F- Felipe Nasser uh, and then two laps later felipe nasser took over the lead of the race we're now on lap uh, 300 just completed on lap 299 nasser overtook nick tandy and took the lead of the race so it's now a porsche 963-1-2 with the s- number seven ahead of the number six but right behind them is jack aitken in number 31 and uh, philip eng who's driving number 24 bmw so the top four cars covered by very little
5: it's quite remarkable isn't it this new gtp category that's celebrating its first anniversary <laughs> right now yeah. it debuted uh, at last year's Rolex 24 and how special has it been, problem for Jensen Button in the number 40, Oops. oh dear Wayne Taylor Racing Acura with ready auto sport goes for a move up the inside of a GT Lamborghini at the international horseshoe and spent. in fact excuse me it wasn't a Lamborghini it was uh, one of the Corvettes one of the, uh, uh, that was the number 3 Corvette so the door is open Button goes for the inside and just gets a little bit late on the brakes and bang into the side of the Corvette the Corvette carries on but Button has to flick turn it around so uh, it's a bit of a baptism of fire here uh, for uh, Jensen's first Rolex 24 at Daytona Has of course has done plenty multi-class sports car racing before but Daytona is new, every day is a school day as they say He's been in that car for quite a while Jeremy.
2: <coughs> yeah. He yeah. T- this is a, uh, a double stint for uh, Jensen. He took over the controls of that car.
4: Uh,
2: on when did he take a 40 car took over at 741. So he's been at the wheel of that oh, car yeah, for uh, two and, know, and a half hours. Uh, Oh, an hour and a half. Yeah. Well, yeah. Coming on for two hours. Yeah.
5: Yeah. At seven forty-one.
2: Uh, race time.
5: Ah, sorry. <laughs> I do and have we're now nine yes, twenty-six. So, so our, yes. an hour and fifty. Yeah.
2: Uh, it has been a long stint for Jensen.
5: Yep. Meanwhile, his sister, uh, path, his sister think? crew, uh, trying to work on their uh, number ten car and all the HRC. Crew are there, previously known as Honda Performance Development, now HRC USA, and uh, yes, yeah, some not a great deal of urgency, would say well some, um, but yeah, some glum faces there. The chances of uh, of that number ten, Wayne Taylor Racing, with Andretti Acura, adding to its tally, seemingly over. But when you've got two cars, when you've got a two-car team, that's the benefit. You've got uh, two chances at it. Now, looking, we've been keeping a, just a sort of half of an eye on the weather. The weather's been spectacular, really, since we, uh, since we arrived here for race week. It was cold during the roar test last week, but this race week it's been quite, quite nice and balmy and warm. Um, and it, today it's been incredibly humid. And looking at the weather forecast, there was a little bit of weather forecast for tomorrow morning, but that appears that it might have been fast-forwarded, Jeremy, because all the weather radar I'm looking at... This there is a, a a front of rain heading straight for Antetona International Speedway right now. Ah,
2: oh, shame. Ouch. When?
5: Well, I'm no meteorologist. Line. I'll be honest, um, but from from the radar picture that we've got a, an access to, and I'm sure all the teams are studying their own weather radars right now. Uh, it's not too. It's not too far away, it was basically on the other side of, on the western side of Florida at the start of the race, it's now very much over on our side of uh, of, uh, of Florida now unfortunately with the uh, number 66 gradient Acura GTD is still in the pits and Nick Damon has an update
10: well from observations uh, it is a, a some sort of um, throttle fly by wire issue uh, whether it, they're trying to get the potentiometer or the actual um, wiring loom itself, so they've, they've taken off the uh, some sort of elements, of the floors, expose all the, uh, the the full base part and the wiring of the throttle itself. And they're also looking at the uh, the, the various myriad of cables that lead from the uh, control area back to the engine itself. So it's obviously it's it's a throttle problem they've got, and uh, they are trying to do it in an electronic way because of course there's no lovely little wire cable as you would have found 30 years ago which when that snaps you just put a new one in you've now got to try and re reassociate the ones and the zeros with each other which is slightly more difficult
5: Thank you Nick for that uh, CrowdStrike pit lane report penalty has been applied to car number 17 the AWA Corvette wheel rotation while elevated drive-through penalty that's one of our Porsche keys to the race avoid the penalties this is one of the tightest if not the tightest Rolex 24-hour Daytona we've seen well in history really and any mistake will be severely punished especially when you look at the top four in GTP with three different manufacturers covered by six seconds this is this is just the the stuff of fantasy really if you wind the clock back not even that far it's just incredible to uh, to watch and to witness this real landmark event in sports car racing new cars new teams new manufacturers coming here in what is a thriving sports car industry so the rapid battle in LMP2 Cato Award leading by just under 13 seconds at the moment for United Auto Sports in their number two car. Josh Burden second in the uh, number 74 Riley Ranch Resort machine. So quite, quite, quite tight there at this moment in time. In GTD Pro, well, we've got another cracking battle with the number 64 of Chris Meese. Yes, that Chris Meese, who was with Audi for so many years... Has moved across to the Ford factory and leading on his debut with the factory, leading by just four tenths of a second, maybe a little bit more than that. It was four tenths of a second when they last crossed the line from the number four, Nicky Katzberg, the winner of the uh, 24 hours of the Nürburgring last year for Frickadelli Ferrari. So he's right then ford versus corvette gm versus ford uh, jeremy i've heard that i've seen that film before
2: that'll do and it would <laughs> been a tremendous battle between those marks for, for many many years and it looks like it's uh, continuing on now as well uh that uh, a, there's a porsche only about a c- couple of seconds behind as well then the second of the corvettes with alexander sims in car number three he's only about 10 seconds behind them and then there's a battle between the lamborghini of Jordan Pepper, let's cover 19 and number 62 Ricci the only Ferrari with James Collado driving the number 62 car. And he's just set that car's fastest lap of the race at a 146.6, which is about a second quicker than the uh, class leaders last time around. Meanwhile, in GTD, uh, it is a Mercedes 1 2 right now, it's the num- number 57 car for Windward Racing. Daniel who has uh, been on absolutely on top form this week, a brilliant drive yesterday in the Michelin Pilot Challenge race with uh, one of the team principals uh, Bryce Ward dad of Russell, who is uh, sharing number 57 car today he leads the way at the moment by about 5 seconds over Mickel Grenier in the court off Preston Motorsports car number 32 and then hot on his heels is Tom Gamble in the Inception racing McLaren in 3rd place, Parker Thompson the pole sitter in GTD is uh, driving in the fourth position, that's car number 12 for Vassar Sullivan in it, its Lexus, he's about 13 seconds farther back down the road and being pursued by Robbie Foley in a turn of motorsport BMW car number 96
5: change for second position then, Jack Aitken in the number 31 wheel and engineering Cadillac has just moved past the number 6 of Nick Tandy for Porsche Penske Motorsport Nick Tandy returned to the Porsche factory last year to join this program and Daytona didn't go all that well for, uh, for that car last time, uh, last time out last year at Daytona but going much much better this time. So, getting reports that the Wayne Taylor Racing Acura, the number 10 car, is getting an entirely new wiring loom. Wow! Wow! That That's would a uh, massive ra- amount of work. Yeah, that would rack up a fair bill at your local dealership, wouldn't it?
2: <laughs> yeah, it certainly would. And <laughs> and the, even now, as far as that car behind? Answer is a long way. It's completed 260 laps, so 40. Uh, 46 laps then behind you know, laps I say 260 and the leaders have d- now done 306 so 46 laps already behind and uh, that work that's going to take a long time that's not the work of, of uh, even an hour or more so even an hour so uh, a lot more work than that and that car is going to be well it is already totally out of contention all the other nine cars in GTP running well although that problem for Sebastian Bourdais with that puncture and then an, an, extra, an extra drive-through penalty for Scott Dixon number zero one car is two laps down now to the overall leaders and number 85 car, Tymon van der Helm, in the JDC, Miller Porsche he is also now one lap down to the leaders but trying to uh, hang on to the tail of the leading Porsche
5: it's incredible isn't it Jeremy that 0-1 Cadillac has had it's really been the benchmark of the field all week it's been so quick ok well, it didn't qualify on pole position but it was in every practice session it's just been out there grinding on a great race pace and it's not going their way at the moment but they are far from uh, far from out of it um, do not write them off With you cannot write uh, either that team or indeed its driver lineup out of uh, one driver though who's on the charge and that's at the front of GTP is Jack Aitken, he did dispatch with Nick Tandy a couple of laps ago and he's now got his sights set on Felipe Nazar, took three tenths of a second out of our race leader Felipe Nazar on the last lap while our GTD leader Daniel Morad making his way through the pack and just you you said it just right there Jeremy, he's just in the in the groove this week and we've we see a few drivers in this in the emza weathertech paddock that pull double duty in the race in the michelin pilot challenge as well and i do wonder if it's just the it, and i know that there, there are two championships in their own right and both are, are 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 significant but the rolex 24 is a massive race but having that having that run in the michelin pilot challenge i think it's, a, it's a great tune-up it's it gets you fully rearing to go for the race
2: well that's for sure particularly somebody with uh, his level of enthusiasm that's for sure but um look it, it's uh, it's it's a great battle going on here in, in pretty much all of the classes at the moment in lmp2 P- paro award he's pulled out now at 19 seconds over josh burden so just little by little he's extended that margin uh, they made the, the most recent pit stops a little while ago now, so it'll be pit stops looming for the LMP2 field again before too long. Number two car leads from number 74. Nick Bull, once again doing an excellent job in third position in color number 52, and also PJ Hyatt, his first ever race in a prototype car, uh, in fourth position in the AO Racing oh, car 99. Uh, and he's done a really ju- good job in that car, he's been at the wheel of that car now for the last couple of since, and turned into fast lap times very impressive for somebody with such little experience, I mean, he only started racing a couple of years ago
5: Would you allow me some pedantry Jeremy? He has raced a prototype before, a Porsche 962 Oh Infl- yeah, well, yeah <laughs> a modern prototype He's got, I'm, he's I'm got, I'm got
2: I'm all sorts of v- vintage cars Yes, as well, he's got yeah. an amazing collection I wouldn't say he's raced
5: 962. He has? At Rensport, he did. He did? Yeah. <laughs> I've, uh, Jeremy's giving me a no, look no, no, at the fair comment. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Nick Damon is down in the, the garage, our CrowdStrike pit lane reporter. Nick, what's going on?
10: Well, I thought I'd tell you about what you don't know first of all, because um, more bad news for Wayne Taylor Racing is that their Lamborghini Huracan GT3, the number 45 car is also currently uh, in the actual garage, uh, not on the pit lane, that car's got a problem with the front left. They're replacing the whole hub on that front left-hand side, as well as having a look around other bits underneath the car. Um, the Acura, the number 10, the blue Acura, the Taylor erickson Hartley Albuquerque machine, that is in a state of disabler as it has been disrobed, Um, they've taken off a lot of, you take the windscreen out which I think is quite a a useful way of getting a bit more access to it, but yeah, as you say, they are obviously doing a pretty major piece of electrical work, they're also taking a chance to do everything else with fluids as well, but yeah, there's a large amount of um, wiring going on, most of it is is obviously placed around the front of the car, which is where the hybrid system is, and also um, a little bit moving into the footwell as well um, on a bit of good news, um, the 44 Mercedes rejoined whilst these two cars were feeling a bit sick. So you've got one car back, two car out. You know, uh, yeah, it's almost even, Stevens. The 44 Aston or Mercedes? Uh, I think it's... Aston. It, it, well, I saw 44 it's, Aston. Well, it... 44 Aston. I think it was 44. I mean, I went, oh, there's a car. <laughs> As you do. Um...
5: I think that sounds like the 44 Magnus Aston. If it's been uh,
10: if it's been behind the wall, then it's back out of the wall again.
5: Okay. Well, yeah, do you think yeah I think the Magnus uh, If, if, I if I've was, made a, yeah. if
10: I've made a late night hyper uh, supercar misidentification, mis- I can only apologise. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Thank you, Nick. It's uh, it gets busy down there in the uh, in the paddock. I'm pretty certain that's the number 44 Magnus car that had to go back to the just uh, to
2: just see the, the pit off for number 24. Uh, that uh, Philip Eng was driving he was running in fourth position and that is certainly a lot earlier than, uh, than I would have anticipated that car was only in to the pits 16 laps ago so uh, much shorter stint than, I'd say, than I would have expected so I don't know whether there's a problem uh, or or what but uh, Eng has re- resumed, he's back out on the racetrack and he's now in, in seventh place so it's cost him two or three positions and he is I think he's, st- he's still on the lead lap, so uh,
5: pits up there for egg. Yeah, yeah. He he was he just run out of usable energy. Uh, Did he? yeah he? Yeah, yeah. shouldn't have yeah, done. Yep. Yeah. He was uh, running very very low on, on usable energy. So well, you uh, last in
2: on like two, ninety three. So maybe the, well, that's weird.
5: That is weird. Um, he was either they didn't get a maybe they didn't get a full full fill in at the last stop possibly, but according to the uh, now this is uh, if you're watching at home and you've got multiple screens up this is a great resource imza.com forward slash gtp dash telemetry and we can see here in the booth and you can have it too um, each car in the gtp class their throttle trace their energy regen uh, the, what gear they're in and the X-track gearboxes what speed they're doing but most critically in, uh, in my view is the uh, energy remaining so they. They have an allowed amount of energy they can use, whether that comes from fuel going into the internal combustion engine or the electric power uh, combined with, and it gives you an idea of just how much long is left in the, the tank, so to speak. So Scott Dixon right now has just 5% less, so we should see the 01 Cadillac in any moment. The number 77 AO Racing Porsche, Rexy the Porsche, is in for service tires being changed there. Little clean out of the grill as well, very important. The amount of clag and bits of tire pickup and all sorts of mess that can get stuck in the uh, stuck in the air intake there. Not what you like. Fuel still going in. That car was brought in by no I just have a look who was the who was the driver there bringing that in. That was Lauren Heinrich I think Lauren stayed on board there. Of the uh, GTD Pro Porsche. The only Porsche in the GTD Pro category. There's a couple in GTD. This lineup, very strong lineup. A combination of uh, youth and experience on the youth side. You have Lauren Heinrich and Seb Prio, both young stars with a big future ahead of them in their early 20s. And then Michael Christensen who's only 33, but hugely experienced a Le Mans winner, etc. Nick Damon, though, has the 0-1 Cadillac.
10: I'm with Scott Dixon, who, after many conversations, Mac and I both agree is one of the greatest drivers in the world at the moment. Uh, that's a pretty... That's carry-on, like, over a year ago, that is. Uh, no, Scott is fantastic, and he is staying on board. It is a few, full set of fuel. However, there's a bit of concern around the front left. I'm not sure whether that's just pick up. And they're trying to just pull out some gunk around that front left-hand side. Now, having a bit of a look, I think they're, they're, they've noticed a bit of a dropping downforce. Now, having a look at the um, the leading edge of what would be the start of the downforce generating undertray or the, uh, the where it would be a plank if it was a Formula 1 car. They're happy what they've seen. They've dropped it and away it goes. And They didn't manage to find anything particularly uh, exciting. Someone's pulled something off the battery i think uh and it's uh, back out and running but uh, yeah a good old shifty around and scott dixon goes out and sets
2: off for at the front of a 45 to 50 minutes yeah it might, if his if, if chat to chat to down there nick damon that might be a good idea because that car obviously was running really really strongly until Bourdais had that puncture about an hour or so ago and since then uh, there was then after that there was a drive-through penalty for scott dixon um, and so you know it's all gone a little bit pear-shaped for that team it's now i think it's maybe just still two laps down but it's it's you know two laps it's got to make up if it's going to be back in into contention at the front of the field
5: well we're getting uh I think
2: it's three laps down actually
5: ah well i, I don't write them off with 14 oh, so hours not. to go no way no. Because on that in lap, Scott Dixon set the best sector one of no. anybody.
2: No, that's actually, that goes, when the when car's in did. the pit lane, it resets uh, to what the, the best uh, sectors are.
5: Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah. Thank you, Apologies there. Yeah. Apologies there. It's always a bit misleading, that one. Yes, it is. It is a bit. It's, co- it's it, Us commentators were very easily caught out, aren't we, from time to time. Uh, getting reports, uh, thanks to Off the S's on Twitter, who's tweeted us at uh, IMSA Radio. It's in the spits of rain at turn one oh here we go <laughs> here we go we're just 11:30 local time and looking at the weather radar that rain is looking ever so close but is it going to catch us here in in real noticeable fashion here at Daytona International Speedway we'll ponder over that one because it's now time for a VP in race update so your leader right now Felipe Nazar for Porsche Penske Motorsport in their number 7 car leads by 3.8 seconds from the chasing Jack Aitken for the number 31 Whelan Engineering Cadillac. Then it's the number 6 Penske Porsche machine of Nick Tandy with the 25 BMW of Nick Yellowley in fourth. and Rounding out the top 5 is the number 40 Acura of Jensen Button. In sixth, it's the number 5 Mustang Sampling Porsche. Of Jimmy Bruni followed by uh, the 24 BMW of Philip Eng. then it's the 85 GDC Miller Porsche of and Vanderhelm and rounding out the GTP field all out there uh, got all but one out there and running at the moment it's the uh, number zero one Cadillac of Scott Dixon unfortunately the number ten Wayne Taylor racing Acura the Konica Minolta machine is in the garage at the moment Receiving a new wiring loom as well as various other bits and pieces. In LMP2, the race is led at the moment by the number two United Autosports crew of Pato. And that's driven by Pato Award at the moment. Then it's the 52 uh, inter Europol car of Nick Bull. Nick Bull, excuse me. Then it's car number 74 for the uh, Riley Ranch Resort crew or was it's just come into the pits and that moves up the number 99 spike the LMP2 of PJ Hyatt sitting in fifth in LMP2 at the moment is Toby Soury for the 04 CrowdStrike Racing Team then it's the number 18 era Orica of Ryan DL then in seventh we've got the number 8 towered motorsport car of Ferdinand Habsburg that's not his full name, but I'm not going to read out his full name because we'll be here all night. Car number 81, Dragon Speed sits in eighth at the moment, Jeremy.
2: I, I did that earlier in the week, so we're done with that. We've done yeah, that. Yeah. Go back
5: and check it on the archive. <laughs> Jeremy did it very well, and we, we do it once, and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's that the sort of thing a school teacher says. I'm going to say this once; you'll listen, listen to it. Uh, GTD Pro Chris Meese on his Ford factory debut leads the way by just over a second. From the Chevy Corvette of Nicky Katzberg, car number four. That is the battle that sports car fans and race fans have been dying for. That Ford versus Chevrolet. It's one of the mo- classic rivalries in motorsport, and it's it's being acted out right now in the this Rolex 24 Hour at Daytona. Third place is the second Chevy Corvette, car number three, driven by Alexander Sims right now. Then is James Calado, the Briton in car number 62, the Ferrari for Risi Competizione. Car 19 for Iron Lynx, Lamborghini, Jordan Pepper sits in fifth in GTD Pro. Then it's the uh, second of the Ford Mustangs, another new signing, Fred Vervish, another driver who's moved across from Audi to drive for Ford. Seventh in GTD Pro, we've got Ross Gunn driving the 23, Heart of Racing Aston Martin. And in eighth, we've got car number one, Madison Snow, in the Paul Miller Racing BMW. Lauren Heinrich still aboard the uh, number 77 Rexy Porsche for AO Racing. GTD led at the moment by two Mercedes, Daniel Morad from Miko Grenier, Winward Racing from Kortoff. Then in third place in GTD, we've got the Inception McLaren of Tom Gamble, car number 70. Car number 96, Turner Motorsport, BMW in fourth. Robbie Foley at the wheel right now. Then it's Parker Thompson for Vassa Sullivan Lexus in car 12. Alessandro for, Balzan excuse me, for Conquest Racing 6 and sixth. Then it's the other Ferrari 023 Triazze Competizione, driven by Alessio Rivera at this moment. Then it's car number 120, Wright Motorsport, or also known this weekend as Chip Park Racing. Uh, is Elliot Skier, then in ninth, it's Eddie Cheever in 47 Chetelar Racing. And rounding out the top 10 in GTD is Corey Lewis for the Proton Competition Ford Mustang team. That is your VP Racing Fuels in-race update with 14 hours and 6 minutes to go. So we're sitting in this tense moment now in this race, there is there is weather in the area, there is rain clouds circling around on the radar and yet they've yet to arrive here are we going to stay lucky Jeremy or are we hoping for rain, are we not? I'm sure the teams aren't.
2: No, I don't well, some might, yeah, some might but <laughs> uh, yes yeah, the, the, the wet weather experts out there might be certainly and there's a few of those in this field, the, the last time I looked, checked the weather, it's Let's have a look at the uh, the radar screen that I have just on my phone. Uh, it's it's th- there's certainly rain just to the north of us, and kind of a little cell here. It might miss us. It's it's very very close to missing us completely. Uh, where th- there's there's certainly rain like you know, within probably four or five miles up the coastline from here, maybe even less than that. Uh, but at where we are right now, it uh, it isn't yeah looks like looks like we might get in it within about maybe the next half an hour uh it could be just just the edge of that little shower that's moving on through
5: very very close well nick damon uh, he is down in the pits at the moment at the eo racing garage nick
10: with the uh, just out of the 99 car the uh, spike the dragon uh, p2 it's pj hyatt um pj can you tell us your reading of the race in p2 at the moment
11: yeah, I'm surprised there's as many cars out. Um, the beginning of the race was way too exciting as far as I'm concerned. I wanted to just go out there, do some laps, get it into a rhythm, and it, was, um, it wasn't that. So I think we're still dealing with the aftermath of what was happening on earlier in the race. Now, you know, we, we got right back in it. We're just doing lap after lap after lap because we got a lot more race left. Did you did you
10: get uh, caught up in some of the early kerfuffles with the P two cars? In
11: yeah, yeah, I got a little love tap into the bus stop. Yeah, no, no one wants that. That's the last thing you want. I'm saying again.
10: That's the last thing. You want. are you? You one? Of oh the th- yeah, You yeah. one of the three cars we end up facing the wrong yes. way? Ah. Oh, yes.
11: Nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're very very exciting. Missed miss the tire barrier by about that much. So yeah, very exciting.
10: So how how many how long does it take for your heart rate to go back down again? <laughs>
11: It didn't come back down until I came back in for uh, for the driver change.
10: These cars now, of course, these P2 cars, they're very, very established. They've been around a huge amount of time. Effectively now, do you tend to always have a, a car that's good because you, everyone knows how to set them up? So it's just a case of managing that good car to try and beat another good car. Well,
11: that would that would make a lot of sense if we weren't a brand new team running a P2 car. So. Yeah, we don't have the giant setup notebook like a lot of these other teams are racing against, but we've got a really killer crew that have done an amazing job, and we've we've got a very competitive car, so we're we're figuring it out. PJ, thanks a lot. Thank you.
5: PJ Hyatt there for the number ninety nine AO Racing LMP two squad as part of our CrowdStrike pit lane report. Great. Uh, echoing what you you said a moment ago Jeremy pj doing a, a top job in a car yeah. that's very very different to the uh, gt3 porsche that he drove last year must also be a bit of an interesting experience driving one car and owning another car in the race and not doing a Ben Keating jumping between the two he's got a car he owns in the in the race but he's not driving it
2: yeah <laughs> I don't know whether he was tempted to drive uh, to drive both I think and Gunnar- Jeanette <laughs> who's been his who's sort of team manager there at uh, ao racing and and uh, very much the sort of guiding force be, behind what PJ has done over the last few years I mean he's done a lot of racing over the last couple of years I mean, they did most of the world endurance Championship last year Am, didn't he so Um, Yeah, and and Porsche GT3 or Carrera Cup racing the year before that so it's been pretty intense for PJ since he started racing just a couple, two and a half years ago
5: As we touched on he's got an enviable collection he owns the the car that won the 1983 Rolex 24 hour at Daytona, the Andyle 935 swap shop car which the 80 team actually ran a tribute livery to at last year's uh, Rolex 24. A great great team and a great addition to the paddock. The gap has come down at the front of the field as we were having our CrowdStrike pit lane report there. Felipe Nazar's gap has been trimmed to just two seconds with Jack Aitken on the charge. It's just a tenth and a half of a second uh, on the last lap by But and it has ebbed and flowed through the traffic but great stuff there so so tight and they've pulled away a bit of a gap from a, uh, the third place car the number 6 Porsche Penske Motorsport machine of Nick Tandy Or the uh, if you look at it closely if you uh, ever get the chance on Nick's social media you see the back of his helmet there's a crocodile on the back of his helmet and that was actually a nickname that was given to him by Franz Conrad when he drove with him in the uh, Porsche Super Cup because uh, he thought he called him Crocodile Tandy, so that ever since then he's had a crocodile on the back of his uh, on the back of his helmet. So very, uh, very, very cool that he still carries that in uh, in honour of his old uh, his old team boss Franz Conrad, who still still runs at the the Nurburgring and various other places. So this weather, oh, is it is it coming towards us? Is it going to miss us? That's the question then. You know, can you imagine what it's like on the on the pit walls right now, uh, Jeremy? With every team, st- I'm sure they'll be studying every last second of all the radar to see if they need to be getting ready for a potential switch. Yeah,
8: I mean, wet tyres.
2: If we do get some rain, judging from the the radar that uh, I can see here, it shouldn't be very long. And it shouldn't be very heavy. Whether it even require a switch to wet weather tyres, you know, there's uh, it, it'll certainly make things tricky out there because. Uh, we've been, uh, you know, this, is, this race is, uh, you know, well in, underway now and you're coming up towards, where are we? Not just, it'll be 10 hours in just a few seconds. Um, so, uh, and this has been a, you know, a goodly, a good long run since we last had a caution period. I um, shouldn't have said that, should I? <laughs> but it's been quite a long time. So, yeah, you know, there's, there's a fair bit of debris out there now. But uh, there's still lots of cars running and it is busy and it would get very, very interesting if we were to have a quick shower of rain.
5: Well, I guess if we did have a light amount of rain, and as you say, that switchover point from going from the dry tyre, the dry slick tyre, to the wet, it's got to be properly wet for the wet to work because if if it's sort of halfway between, the wet tyre can overheat very quickly and begin to chunk up and it feels like you're driving on of chewing gum really Um, so that would be a really awkward one for the teams but with that being said you really wouldn't want to you really wouldn't want to get if it was just in that halfway house where you had to stay on the dry tyres the dry slick tyres in a little bit of rain you wouldn't want there then to be a full course yellow because then you've not got the temperature running under the full course yellow you can't generate the tyre temperature and therefore you lose the grip so if we do get that kind of halfway house the teams will definitely want it and the drivers particularly will want it to stay green flag racing to keep the tyre temperature up as best as possible so this is a real moment in the balance Where here we're staring at the uh, the weather radars as close as we can and any any meteorolo- meteorologists out there who like to lend us a hand give us a tweet at imsa radio it was great to hear from so many of you have been so kind to get uh, in touch with us here uh, in the, the booth thank you very much for joining us what is the 62nd rolex 24-hour at daytona endurance racing has been a part of the daytona international speedway history virtually from the very beginning the circuit opened here in 1959 the first Daytona Continental was in 1962 won by a certain Dan Gurney in a Lotus 19 with the first 24 hour race kicking off in 1966 when Ken Miles and Lloyd Ruby won in a Ford GT will Ford pick up more silverware here on their debut with the new Mustang GT3 at the Rolex 24 Daytona well if they do they will have deserved it, because the competition is so, so fierce. We've talked about it all the way through race week. I don't think ever before we've seen so many different brands capable of winning. Um, not just teams, but brands. I think, the, in general, the, uh, the balance of performance between so many different types of cars, I think if you look at it with a, with a fair eye, I think it's been a, a very good effort from from all those, uh, all those concerned. I mean, at the moment, in GTD Pro alexander sims leads by six tenths of a second from the ferrari but james collado
2: it is so tight isn't it, it it's 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 phenomenal uh, in uh, gtd the two mercedes still uh, hold the first two positions they're separated by about seven seconds but uh, tom gamble in the inception mclaren remains glued to the tail of the number 32 mercedes of michael grenier uh, and that battle's been going on and on and on. It's been it, it, all the way through this stint. Uh, the leaders, the, the DGGGP cars, should be ready for some pit stops before too long now.
5: Well, I would say that, agree on that the, Felipe, Felipe Nasr has got zero percent energy left, so he's got to be he's got to be coming on this lap. I would suspect uh, Jack Aiken has five percent left, as does Nick Tandy. Nick Yellerly in the 25 BMW has zero.
2: Right on cue. Right
5: on cue. This telemetry, it's the unfair advantage. Of it. <laughs> Perfect timing as a Porsche Penske car comes in. Oh, but we've got a we've got a car stopped out on track, and it's the number 27, hard of racing, Aston Martin. It's drawn to a halt just on the exit of the Western Horseshoe. It looks like the car's going to cycle through. The lights are off. So the headlights and taillights are off who's at the wheel of that right now 27 that is marco Sorensen. well it as the mark works driver if anyone could get it going it'll be him
2: that's true uh, uh that that uh, car has uh, worked its way up from the back of the field it started way way at the back it worked its way up into the lead um not too long into the race and you know they've been ebbing and flow, flowing He's got it going again it fires up the engine the lights come on and away he goes so uh, a, a reset there of the electrical system perhaps on that number 27 car it's been going pretty pretty good speed through turn 6 that's for sure so maybe he's just got it going again
5: well that was a bit of a heart starting moment for the uh, the heart of racing now if my my memory serves me think they had a similar issue quite late in the race last year. Uh, yes they did, with five and a half hours to go. The twenties this very car that won the race in G T D last year had a bit of a scare. Five and a half hours to go, the car briefly stopped on the circuit and then refired. So they've Maybe had that as th- well. <laughs> well c- quite that see I like your positive thinking there jeremy There we go. Yeah.
2: So we we had uh, the second, third, and fourth place cars into the pits after 323 laps now one lap later the uh, race leader Jack Aitkeen brings number 31 Whelan Engineering Cadillac on two pit lane as well regular service for all of these cars
5: so the G- as the GTPs come into the pits Nick Damon is right there
10: yeah with the, uh, the, the, the JDC car which was yellow and now is mostly black at the front with the tyre try have been thrown at the front of this Porsche 963 no sign of a driver. In fact, no sign of new tyres for the driver either. Um, he's just going to have to carry on on the old rubber. So as we have some slightly cooler conditions, they're not still humid. They can run the bit more double sitting. Our leader, or our erstwhile leader when he came in. Jack Hake in the 31. Off he goes. Uh, with a 42 on the side of the car, which I just realised uh, rather stupidly, is actually the amount of time they were stationary in the pits. So it's 42 seconds in the pits. Uh, it's 41, oh, 43 seconds for JDC. Uh, as they go past me. I think it counts up all the way to the, to the exit, so I kind of get a, a snapshot of the whole situation. Um, I kept wondering why everyone was so far down in the, in the overall rankings. 36, 39, oh right, that's not their position. That's not, Their position indicator is no longer indicating their position, which is a bit of a problem. Uh, here comes the Mustang sampling uh, Porsche, the number five. That comes in, the big zero its home. It's got a, a, a one slight failure, which apparently isn't an issue, I suppose, as far as interest is concerned. It's the left-hand... Uh, running light, I call your brake light, which is uh, obviously vertically mounted on one of the wing end plates. That is uh, no longer working. This is a full service with tyres, but the tyres going on this number five car are not new. They've seen some action before. Possibly, my guess is, something during qualifying. Uh, but there is a bit of faffing going on in the steering wheel as well, initially. Uh, that has led to nothing, they've managed to finish that. Again, the mechanic on the front right examines the, uh, oh, I see what they've done. They put fresh tyres on the right-hand side and used tyres on the left-hand side, but new used tyres. So slightly less medium tyres coming off the car. Big M, I can tell you on the tyres that came off. Didn't see which went on there. It's probably where I'll be softs. So as the temperature is dropping, they're getting a chance to use these tyres, which are, as you've heard, the soft tyres, actually completely out of their operating window the entire time.
5: Thank you, Nick, for that comprehensive crowd strike pit lane report Ricky Taylor of the uh, number 10 Konica Minolta Acura told us in our Michelin countdown to green that he expected there to be around 10 double stints required for the GTP cars Um, so there's quite a lot of that
2: many that's required really but um
5: even if it's in that as. general range, that's a lot. Um, particularly, now, if it were a cold Daytona, which is what we maybe we normally expect at uh, the uh, end of January, uh, or even a cool Daytona, you would kind of think, well, that's not such an issue. You have the uh, soft tyre for the, the night time and the medium tyre daytime. It's just so unusually warm and humid uh, this year. So that makes that double, that double stinting and that time management quite a bit... Uh, quite a bit more difficult track temperature at the moment is 23 degrees celsius which is about seven degrees celsius lower than it was uh, in the middle of the afternoon but air temperature is still 23 degrees celsius so i don't at this stage generally i don't see the track cooling a great deal more and that's five degrees celsius higher track temperature than the minimum track temperature that we saw last year so and ricky also again told us in our michelin countdown uh, to green that it's way out the window for the soft tyre in it's ideal window um, but, and then even in the mediums it would be quite difficult in the the, uh, the hotter part of the day, so it's a big question mark of what we're going to see for those last 4 or 5 hours when we go into daytime towards the, the finish of the race at uh, 20 to 2 tomorrow afternoon, plenty to play out between now and then and meanwhile with 13 hours and Fifty minutes to go, Felipe Nazar and Jack Aitken are having a bit of a, a time trialing competition at the moment. They're uh, they aren't actually right beside each other on track, but the the, the way that they're battling with one another on the timesheets, trying to get through the same bunches of traffic. Felipe Nasser going through about two seconds ahead of Jack Aitken trying to make the way through and trying not to lose time, but also trying not to take unnecessary risks. There's still a long way to go in this motor race so take that one off your bingo card if you hadn't had it already last time by this is how close we're talking about bearing in mind we've got a Cadillac in the hands of Jack Aitken with a five and a half litre naturally aspirated V8 engine the Porsche has a V8 but that's about where the the similarities stop Um, and yet they've had there was 19 thousandths of a second between them on the last lap, they, these are top pro drivers performing at the absolute peak of, uh, of of their ability in the middle of the night, and it's just uh, well, it's just a joy to see them go out and uh, and do their thing. I'm sure their respective teams are rather rather pleased right now. They've opened up a bit of a gap as well. Car number 24, Philip Eng. Uh, For BMW, Team RLL, it's about 12 seconds behind Jack Aitken. that's the gap from second to third, but Felipe Nazar at the front of the field, of course, joined the Porsche factory two years ago, joined actually with this project in mind, he had a year of testing effectively of this new car, drove a few races in in GT, and in, in fact, two years ago, won this race, uh, in GTD Pro, in the uh, in the FAF car, alongside Matt Campbell and Matt uh, Jamney, and one of the most dramatic finishes we've well we've ever seen at this uh, <laughs> at this race.
3: So just to uh, follow up what Peter was saying earlier on, there are two compounds of tyre available for GTP. We saw that in the cold of a couple of seasons ago. And once again, they can't be mixed and matched. You can use the medium compound tyre any time. The soft compound can only be used after 7 o'clock in the evening and up until 8 o'clock tomorrow morning You don't have to use the soft, as far as I'm aware. So, if you want to just medium do the medium compounds all the way through, then that's absolutely fine. And and I think that's key, it's it's not mandatory, Peter, to use those soft tyres. Okay, so you've either way you've got. but you still only have the same amount
5: so you could use um, all mediums all mediums yeah. right the way through the race yeah. yeah yeah i think either way with the uh, the heat that we've we've got we've had so far in the hours of daytime and the heat that we'll have when we come into daytime tomorrow no doubt there's uh, it's going to it's going to be tricky uh, for the teams but they've all been they've all been aware of that we have all been well aware of that. I all mean, the 23 way through the sets
3: of tyres, but that's that's for practice, qualifying, and the race.
5: Yeah, and you, and you look at uh, a good example is the number five car, the Proton Competition car uh, with the Mustang sampling uh, livery. That car is, yes, Proton Competition have got a bit of experience with the 963, but still very much in the learning process in practice one. They did 47 laps, practice two 52 laps, and practice three 44 laps, and practice four 20 laps. So they did a, more running than any other GTP team. However, the more running you do, the more you wear the tire allocation out. Yeah. Whereas there's other teams that that kept that were a lot more a um, lot more conservative uh, in the running that they did. I mean, the number seven Porsche Pens- number seven Porsche Penske Motorsport uh, team did quite a lot less than that they just kept a very uh, very i don't know controlled run plan yeah and and that was the way they've 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 gone about it so different approaches which will be the best uh <laughs> which will be the best one let's see Philippe
3: eng is the gtp with the least amount of energy remaining in this stint he's down a 30 percent um 35 percent for Philippe albuquerque in the number 10 car, that car uh, sitting in the pit lane actually, that's why it's uh, sitting in the garage That's remember the, there was a little bit of a smell of burning, Philippe May was about to pull the car over, just being taught the team, and then it went foot, uh, basically and once it went foot he wanted out of it quickly so, that car having a new wiring loom, or part wiring loom at least, the windscreen was out Front bodywork was out, and extended test, I suppose, is what will happen. They'll need to complete the requisite percentage to get points, and that might be difficult. We'll see how far through the race they can get. Thirteen and three-quarter hours to go. Nick Damon in the pit lane with Heart of Racing and the number twenty-seven car.
10: Yeah, we've had a complete. Uh a run-through of GTD cars whilst you are on the changer of them. I thought I'd be paying particular attention to this 27 car, the harder racing Aston Martin, uh, because, of course, it stopped on track about 10 minutes ago uh, of what appeared to be a control or delete. They are, by the looks of it, trying to either... Yeah, actually yeah, they're removing a module. There's a module coming out which, which is connected to uh, several sensors... And that is uh, being removed at the moment. That's been chucked out. That module has been is in the hand of the mechanic next to me. That's oh, the new module, yeah. Unless that was already in the hand. was oh, the mechanic had that already, you see. So they've obviously worked out what the electrical problem is. It's uh, one of those sensor modules that you see with those massive, like, big circular sort of ten-pin connectors that go into them. That had four potential connectors. There's a man with several tie wraps, will be tying it back up again. But I'm seeing no lump hammer at the moment, so it's not already. Or any tank tape. Only I mean, yeah, I mean, a real dearth of tank tape since the, um, um, the Mustang stuck on their rear wings, to be or their rear boots. But, uh, yep, this is obviously a, a, a problem which, uh, I think, as Peter alluded to, there was a similar problem this time last year for this, uh, this car. Yeah. So, obviously, it's a, it's a known electrical issue. They are getting through it, and they're about to finish it. And it's cost them, I would say, about, well, they finish it now about two minutes, 90 seconds to two minutes to do it. Thumbs up. Roll the car back. Slightly run over the, the mechanic, which I think is a little bit iffy. And just waiting to go. I think, I'm not sure whether I think, well, I think what has happened actually is during this pit stop. I think that the teammate car, uh, the the, pro, the other car, in the heart of racing. I think they had to do, to do a run through the pits because there wasn't enough space. And now it's coming back again uh, to educate to a pit stop. So I don't, not sure whether you can tell from tallies of most recent runs through the pit lane. But I think that the heart of racing. The other, Aston, their other Aston Martin, which number completely escapes at the moment, uh, the 23. There we are. Uh, I think that car had to do a run through the pit. But there are two or three dark Aston Martins, so it may be one of the other ones going through. But now the 23, the teammate heart racing car, comes in, just about misses the uh, the spot there, and has to come in even after they they pulled back the 27 by about four feet. It's coming at a massive jaunty angle, just about enough of the field to get in. Taking a bit longer, for this 27. Actually, they're still. Uh, routing around trying to uh, reattach the uh, sensor box more firmly but they do seem to know what they're doing and it's just taking a bit longer to get everything properly attached and the teammate car, that's getting a fuel, so a uh, 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 not particularly um, great five or six minutes of the harder racing team, John.
3: Thank you, Nicholas. Nick Damon down in the pit lane. Hello to our listeners around the world. As we're uh, heading towards... Oh, no, in fact, we're there. We're now into Sunday. We're into the uh, second day of the race, if not the second half of the race uh, just yet. Uh, uh, In which case, happy birthday, Tommy Milner, says Jeremy Short. I'm not sure if everybody heard that, but he said that to me. Uh, Hello to (laughs) all of you around the, the world. Peter in Singapore listening that must have been an early start Uh, Kuiper Hoffman uh, it was nice hearing uh, Mickey uh, on air during the Rolex after that wonderful race yesterday Uh, Rexy and Spike being a lot of favourite liveries Uh, what are yours says Finlay Gunn
5: Uh, that's a long conversation
3: How long have you got? (laughs) That's a conversation for when I'm looking after the middle of the night at the Nürburgring (laughs) when I'm sitting there with my feet up (laughs) and my cup of sacred coffee and just saying, hi, all you truckers out there. (laughs) Let's hear what you're doing. Uh, The sacred coffee-powered night, owls coming up with JP and Bruce from 2 a.m. Eastern. It's so 7 o'clock in the UK, 8 if you are in Central Europe. Which is nice. And I was trying to f- find a particular tweet there, and the problem is, Peter, they're coming in so quick.
5: They are. That every
3: time. Right, we've got somebody being pushed the wrong way down the pit lane. Oh, that is the hat. heart of racing. It's Twenty-seven. The... Oh no! So that's bad news. Was that? That was the car that uh, it stalled to, out it, it, at uh, the west end it, of the infield. Yeah, infirm, didn't about
5: it? twenty minutes ago, and and uh, they they had a you know they won the race last year. They were so fast, uh, and yet you know five and a half hours before the end they had the car stutter to a halt and then refire it and they still won the race. But this is a much more it appears that's more of a, a difficult problem where they're having to push the car all the way back so up the pit, pit lane, yeah that's a long long way, there's four mechanics working working hard at it and uh, what a shame for Heart of Racing it, it is a new Aston Martin GT3 but more of, a, of an evolution package, you can actually use the old car and buy the As evolution package, yes yeah. exactly so you need to buy re- an entirely new car we're not
3: really talking about it are we the gt3 or the gt4 particularly not the gt4 because that that car uh, the shape of that car was disguised by well it
5: uh, the, well okay, the car's but not actually to, released not yet. Yet.
3: <laughs> car, uh, car, hang on if i put my microphone down the the car isn't actually released yet
5: so Aston, no. Aston Martin although, have allowed it to race. Although, if I'm allowed to, the, the the front the lights on it are exactly the same as on the Valhalla. The I think they call it the Son of Valkyrie, which is the so the Valhalla is like one sure, daughter for the, the Valkyrie. Daughter of, I oh know that would be. Yeah,
3: okay, could be enough. Yeah, Valkyries with the well, female. That's certainly, well. what they've yeah. got.
5: That's certainly, what they've called it.
3: So, um, yeah. So what, yeah, what, so what if it, we well, had in the V cars, we've had. Vulcan. Vulcan, yes. Yeah. Um, Val, Valkyrie. Valkyrie, yeah. Valkyrie EMR Pro, yeah. Vantage, of course, is the, the the standard car. Vanquish and what? And what? Uh, have we had the Vanquish yet? Or
5: oh, we, we've had a Vanquish. No, there's
3: a new Vanquish, isn't there? That ah. was the meant to be the V6 car. Um, the. Uh, there was uh, Nick. Sorry, I'll fetch you up, Nick, and then everybody can hear you. So I,
10: I just thought it wasn't a, was a special called the Valhalla, like the ultimate thing. Cause they, remember they kind of split off when they had the Valkyrie and the Red Bull. Then someone started producing an ultimate version that was wasn't Red Bullified. Now Red Bull have gone off to do their own thing as well, and they're kind of a weird. <laughs> That's a Lamborghini, by the way, from Mayan links.
3: That's the way to
5: get out your pit box, eh? I think that's the that's the big Lamborghini bull saying, "No, stop talking about Aston Martin, talk about me instead." (laughs) (laughs) You're right. (laughs) (laughs) Look at me, I'm bright and yellow and loud.
10: (laughs) I mean, uh, let's talk about the Urus or the uh, Huracan none of this Aston Martin rubbish. (laughs) Right, do you want me to talk to Roman Grosjean or Dorian Pan? Who do you want? Both. Well, I'll I'll see if I can. Dorian looks quite tired. Um, To see if she wants a quick word
3: she's
10: a big favorite the word uh, so how's, how's the race going for the 83 so far it's, a, it's, a, it's very confusing with, with cars so do you feel in a good position
12: well I think we are pretty happy right now we do no mistake and we have a pretty consistent pace so um, yeah we still keep pushing like this and uh, more we are consistent better will be the position at the end of I mean the four last hours to fight so uh yeah
10: now we have something in common. We were both at Yas Marina last weekend. I was covering the endurance sports car race, but you were racing Formula 4. What's that like and why have you decided to go to, small, to back to single-seaters?
12: Well, that's always had my dream to be in Formula, Formula cars and um, my ultimate goal one, is to be in Formula 1 one day and I have this opportunity this year to, to race in Formula 4 and and also together with Mercedes, so um, I'm pretty happy about, yeah, this opportunity. And um, and yeah, now I'm doing Daytona, but um, it's not easy to switch. But it's quite interesting because it's two different racing, and uh, but you learn on both sides. So yeah.
10: Now, of course, you're also taking part in the Formula Academy uh, racing for Mercedes. How do you feel about going to a female only series when you've been racing so competitively against men as well?
12: I think it's a good championship for for women in sport to have the possibility to race in single seater. Um yeah, I will the for sure the goal is to to win this this championship and um, I'm really happy to to um, to do that with Mercedes and Aaron Dames and um, and yeah, I'm looking forward. Their first races in uh, Jeddah in three weeks. So,
10: Are there any sort of conversations with Mercedes? Because obviously they have a young driver test at the end of the year. Is that something you possibly could get into? Second. There, there is a young driver test at the end of the year for Formula One. I mean, is that a possibility for you in the, in the
12: next couple of years for Mercedes? Well, I hope. I will give everything to be to be there in a few years. But I think uh, the most important thing is to focus on, on what we do this year and uh, build a, a good relationship with them and start to work with them as well, but yeah, I think we are both, both really happy to work together.
10: Congratulations to everything for you.
12: Thank you.
3: Yeah, very uh, very competitive in that F4 Middle Least Championship as well. Gaining confidence and reputation all the time. Dorian Pan talking to Nick Damon in that... Crowdstrike Pitlane reports, Uh, welcome to those of you here in the United States who are still up and around as we've gone by the witching hour, Uh, if you're listening on RS2 and you've got the capability you can now watch and listen to us on Peacock as well here in the United States XM Sirius 207 if you've got a move around, no interruptions of course, and for the rest of the world of course uh, nothing has changed, we're still talking to you as well in sound and vision a bit of a change maybe a change of filter I think going on at the front of the uh, McLaren that's in the pit lane at the moment I'll come back to that in a moment because Nick Damon's uh, obviously wanting to practice his French at the moment, Roman Drosjean
10: Roman. um it's not been a great run so far for the 60 Iron Links, has it?
1: Well, I think uh, the pace is good. I mean, the drivers are doing a good job, but sadly we had a mechanical issue early on in the race. Uh last 25 laps or so. So, yeah, uh, it's kind of game over for the, the final result, but uh, I think mean, we just go out there, gather data, and try the best we could, and uh, hopefully some guys will have trouble in front of us, which would give us some position.
10: We're talking about gathering data, but realistically, surely, isn't everyone's sight now on the debut of the SC63 in LMDH?
1: No, I think there's still a very important GT3 challenge with the rear Carnival 2 for Lamborghini. Of course, for me, SC63 is going to be a, a good one to to drive, but uh, I think in terms of Lamborghini brand, we have two cars, the prototype and the GT3. And, uh, you know, I think this weekend the GT3 has been working really well. Going
10: back to the LMDH, cause of this, you know, how, how is the testing going? Do you feel you're on the pace of the cars that are
1: going around now? Yeah, testing has uh, been really good. I'm going to be honest, I think we're lacking a few sessions to be fully ready. But um, we take our chance in Sebring and Qatar for the week. Uh, we should have uh, two or three more sessions before that. So hopefully that's going to put us in a good spot. Great, sir. Thanks, Robert. Thank you. Hello to Justin Henderson, tuned
3: in uh, from Chattanooga, Tennessee by 24 still watching on the little TV as well. He's still tuned in. Potential bad weather coming for them as well. Side by side action, Peter Mackay coming out of turn one. And uh, that is a pass. Oh, I was about to say it was a pass for.
5: It Position. nearly was. It nearly was. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is the battle for GTD Pro. Lauren Heinrich in the green Rexy the Dinosaur car for AO Racing. That's the Porsche being chased hard by the Rizzi Competizione Ferrari of Le Mans winner, James Collado at number 62.0. Machine there trying to find a way through the Ferrari was very very fast in the opening hour of the race particularly Daniel Serra James's teammate climbed ten positions in what felt like no time at all. Indeed. Meanwhile at the same point conversely the pole sitting car the number seventy seven uh, Porsche the car the car it's trying to pass right now dropped to quite a few positions so it, it the seventy seven Porsche for AO Racing's definitely got stronger through the the race as it seems and right now battling hard with the Ferrari the Ferrari's picking up a really good draft here, going to try and go around the outside, up the high side on the high bank It's a side by side as they go to the Le Mans chicane and well that was a great deal of a contest Uh, Calado just blows by the Porsche like it's standing still perhaps Lauren Heinrich trying to play the smart game here, tucking behind Calado and just play it smart
3: you Uh, may be right there Uh, and the 57 is not too far away being Daniel Morat, which is the leader in GT Daytona. That's the cars that are technically identical to the GTD Pros. You just have to run fewer pro drivers, basically, is, is how that works out. Yep. There's no need to explain the intricacies of that at the moment. But basically, it's all about the driver grading. Daniel Morad has been absolutely superb. The stint earlier on today which brought this car into contention was stunning. He was out with all the big names. More than held his own. Picked off some big scalps there. Ably backed up by his teammates. His turn has come around again.
5: And it's time to go hunting. They're just looking at the... uh the stint lengths uh, james Calado pitted eight laps ago and lauren heinrich pitted 24 laps ago now we don't know for certain if they're if they're both took tires at the last stop or not but the way at which Calado and indeed daniel morad went blowing past lauren heinrich i suspect lauren heinrich is towards the end of the life of his tires and he's going to need to Come in and change uh, at the uh, when well when the tank runs out you'll get hopefully get some new shiny boots on the car. Uh,
3: Lauren Heinrich, of course, highly thought of at Porsche, did all. If we cast our minds back to the what our esteemed leader, Eve Hewitt, the responsible adult, called the long yellow flag by which she means the couple of years that we spent under the umbrella of uh, Covid Lauren Heinrich was doing all the driver training in the virtual world for the Porsche real world drivers, he's a superb uh, virtual reality racer cars might not be real but the racing is and that has translated very nicely, it's one of a couple of people have done that, uh, whatever was going on on the, on the front of the f- driveway Pfaff McLaren uh, Nick you might want to nip down to the McLaren pit because they've changed something underneath the luggage cover at the front but now it's going behind the wall uh, coming out from out from behind the wall one out one in here it is after a very long stint in the pit the number 10 Konica Minolta Wayne Taylor Racing ...with Andretti Autosport Acura. That car went in hours ago. If you remember... uh, ...Philippe Albuquerque was in that car. He smelt what he thought was something electrical. Maybe. And then all of a sudden the car cut out. And it was recovered. It wouldn't even go into neutral. Uh, That car has come out of the pit lane... ...with Marcus Ericsson at the wheel... Uh, it is 79 laps down on the leader, so that'll tell you how long that's been. It's about a, I might as well call it a two-minute lap, so double that with yeah, the pit stops in. Uh, however, uh, they had too many people over the wall, so they'll have to come straight back through for a drive-through on that car. No. I, I was going to give you the, the retirements, actually, um, Stephen Thomas, TDS Racing the number 11 car clipped the kerb coming th- out of the Le Mans chicken, headed straight for the wall 88, Luis Perez Compank, Richard Mille, AF Corsa 22, Daniel Goldberg in the car United Autosports tried to fix their Orica LMPT car got it back out with some new bodywork on but I think it was a bit of an uneven task for them the 75 sun energy one car i s- i've seen that as a retirement on the official channel uh, but i haven't had that confirmed yet by the teams so i, w- I would get the i would get that as uh, crossed out with your maybe the sharpie the of doom ma- yet
5: maybe the like a heavy pencil like a, a two, heavy 2b two pencil of doom now mm-hmm. uh, the number Ten, so the number 10 Conant this, acura this comings, is the penalty yeah serving its penalty um for having too many people over the wall as the spine goes out 99 ao racing lmp2 it takes a uh, routine pit stop now there is a little bit uh, you think why why should this corner coming acura so many laps down multiple hours down really why why bother coming Going back out again well there 's a multitude of reasons these are cars that are under constant development, but I think also if we 're going to get changeable weather, it looks like we 've perhaps uh, survived the front that just passed very close to Daytona International Speedway within five miles of us, it na- very nearly caught us. but if we do have another weather front come in in the morning, having a car that 's completely out of the running. Huh, I don't you can uh, use it as a use it as a kind of guinea pig whether you run mule. yeah a test mule and you say right let's try wet is it are we too early are we not and you've got a car that you can play to your uh, your favor and that's that's the benefit of having two cars. let's catch up with
3: a few of your messages at IMS Radio. Hello to Brendan Roberts. Welcome to Sunday, Sydney, Australia. It was a 5:40 a.m. start for him. I'm pleased the race has settled down. I'm enjoying this now. Adam Green hearing us on Peacock for the Rolex. And hello also to SKS Motorsports who enjoyed that Lamborghini blasting past Nick Damon, our Crowd Strike Pit Lane reporter. Hello to Drew Adamson from iRacing who's still up and around, or at least he was about 24 seconds ago.
5: If I know Drew, p- he'll, oh, still he'll, yeah. he'll still be going. He'll still be going.
3: Oh, sideswipe! That was a bit naughty. The number 55 Mustang taking a bit of a hip check there from the GTD in 22nd That's position. That was Misha Goikbug in the 40 Racing, Forte Racing, number 78, not number 40. Uh, that is the Lamborghini Huracan. I don't know what was going on there but it didn't
5: look very
4: friendly I I
5: just don't think he saw him Uh, I don't think he saw him at all of course that 40 racing car had a big what I thought was a race ending shunt to be honest at the uh, Le Mans chicane earlier on but amazing work from that crew to get the car repaired and back out at all Um, I just don't think he saw Corey Lewis there and just moved down and great heads up driving from Corey Lewis in the 55 first form for Mustang managed to avoid anything a little bit more serious than that it's been a fairly solid run from the proton competition team with their new mustang with uh, ryan hardwick cory lewis in there as well and the, uh, the again another new signing of course ford with a starting up with a brand new program they've had to go out and c- go out and do some hiring of some drivers and they've hired who i think is a a, a real steal, dennis olsen formerly drove for porsche um and had a lot of success with them and he's been signed up for the Ford program and uh, he's uh, he absolutely dominated uh, karting when he was younger and yeah he'll be, a, he'll be a good addition to the Ford program
3: one of our regulars for midweek motorsport every Wednesday night at three in the afternoon eight in the evening in the UK, three in the afternoon here on the Eastern Sea Bob Bleu Porsche technician extraordinaire right across from us in the International Horseshoe. Late-night racing starts now. Uh, We've got the Night Owls, Johnny Palmer and Bruce Jones, powered by Sacred Coffee, coming up from 2 till 6 a.m. Eastern Time. Hello to G. G. Hendrickson. Uh, Enjoying what... (laughs) He says it's the added colour to the racing in the entry. Chattanooga Ferrari out on the circuit. This is the blue car in 10th position in its class at the moment. The class being GTD. And that is Eddie Cheever. And the car that is sitting in behind it is the heart of Racing number 23. So that's not for position, is it? No,
5: no, no. and it's got the 40 car in there as well, the 40 Lamborghini. So being chased by two cars that are down a couple of laps. So it's not a battle for position there for that uh, Cetilar Ferrari.
3: Let's have more from the pit lane and Nick Damon. I'm not in the pit lane. Are you
10: not? No, I'm round the back. I'm
3: not not listening to you. That can you down immediately. All right,
10: then. (laughs) No, I'm in the the paddock. I mean, European race uh, fans obviously they've been watching the race long enough to no, know there is a lane uh, where all this, the work goes done. but then you go behind the wall where it's actually the pit garages that we would normally expect to see in a European style pit interesting the two cars in the pits are actually next to each other I'm not sure whether that's uh, just a coincidence and that is of course is the Faf McLaren the number 9 car who's apparently their issue is, a, is that the starter motor won't uh, which is always a problem but, and I think they're also going through a full electrical check and of course they've got the heart of racing car now the only thing interesting about that is that that Came in what seemed to be a simple throttle body issue. Uh, it's now in about 14.3 thousand pieces. Uh, I mean, they've even taken the rear deck off. So, I'm not. Is it Marco Soroson? Just want to have a quick word with, uh, with Marco. Marco, there it's it's, it seems to be a complete disassembly of the car. What was the problem?
13: No, it started with a little. Uh, let's go out of the way here. It started with a little uh, electronic issue where the car shut off. So, that happened. That happened twice uh, out on the track, uh, then we came into the box, uh, and then we had the same same issue, so we're trying to find out what the actual electronic issue is right now, uh, because obviously I lost the power steering when I was going through a very quick corner, and went basically straight. Um, but yeah, not, not ideal for, for now, but now we do a little bit of a bigger bigger service, because we lost so many laps, so yeah. I don't think we're going to be in the chat for, for a win anymore, but if we can just get the car out and get some val- valuable data for, for running, then uh, we do that.
10: So the electrical failure was more affecting the ancillaries like the power steering. The engine carried on running. It didn't it cut the engine out then?
13: It cut. So when I came through the corner, it cut everything out, and it did it twice. And then we had a planned pit stop, and then we tried to sort the issue, and then it stopped again in, the, in pit lane, unfortunately. So I think, uh, well... After the boys have done a, a, f- a full service, I'm sure it's going to be up and up and running again.
10: Great stuff. Thank you. Uh, well, not great stuff. Sorry. <laughs> great stuff with the cock chat, but not great stuff with the car. So, say so, yeah, we've got another electrical issue. We've got an electrical issue to my right, with the Aston Martin, an electrical issue to my left with the McLaren, which is currently manifesting itself at the starter motor, not starting, but that doesn't necessarily mean start motor is a problem, as, as you know. So uh, I, sh-
3: I get what you're saying, The can bus... Uh, Connections, etc., etc. Don't like the uh, the sound of that at all. Chris Lemon is building a fresh 12th scale whilst enjoying our coverage in the US uh, on Peacock at the moment in Central Ohio. Nick Damon has found another interviewee
10: It's uh, I'll go trying to dorset Mr. Jarvis, Ollie Jarvis, out of the nine. Um, we're hearing it's starter motor. Is that correct? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think as far as I know, it won't start. <laughs> That would kind of be start. I mean, that would kind be start. I mean, this is uh, this 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 project. It, 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 Ollie, you have literally driven everything over the, over the last few years. you you are one of the drivers who you enjoyed the glory of the proper LMP ones to say it. I mean, what's the excitement? How do you about this new McLaren project?
6: Yeah, it's been really exciting. I think the difficulty with it is that the team got the car mid December. Um, you know and gt3 racing they're still very complex cars and you need time to sort of iron out any issues and unfortunately that we've been doing that here um, at the rolex 24 which is not ideal i mean we were hopeful that we'd, we'd have a clean trouble free race but it, it just hasn't proved to be that way talking about your your career you up until a week ago you were the ultimate lap record holder here in the
10: mazda you i think you'd a 26 year old record set by pj jones i mean we all know records have to be
6: broken, but is it, do you, do you, does your heart break a little when a record like that gets broken of yours? No, not at all. I didn't even see the qualifying session because we were debriefing, but um, it was always going to happen with these uh, new LMDH cars. They're extremely quick on the straight. Probably not as quick as the, the DPI's in the corners, but um, you know, it was only a matter of time. And, and like you say, records are there to be broken. You know, The sport continues to move forward. And you know, I was just grateful that you know, myself, John Doonan, Mazda, we could be a part of history and break that record that stood for so long. Let me ask you a hypothetical question:
10: If the uh, Audi R eighteen had been around here in racing, how much quicker would that have gone round the lap of this track?
6: <laughs> that that thing would have been uh, amazing round here. Um, yeah, I'd say it would be quicker than the LMDH quite comfortably. That car had everything. It, it had the, you know, we were talking nearly a thousand horsepower on on pure acceleration with. The combination of hybrid and you know combustion engine, and then you know aerodynamically, I have to say, Audi did an amazing job. But that's what happens when you have these development wars that, that we had back then. But as a downside of that, budgets got out of hand, and as you always see in motorsport, when that happens, you go through a cycle, and, and people start to to pull out. I, I wish we were on camera because
10: the, the smile on your face when you were talking about the LMP was—is that the fondest memory of your career?
6: Yes, I would say so. Um, you know, I've, I've got to say the DPI's were awesome to drive, absolutely awesome. But um, just the whole Audi project was, it was one of those things at the time, you know, as a driver, you're always, you know, saying things we can improve and, you know, where we're missing. And and then, you know, when you step back and, and a few years later, you look at it and you realize just how incredible that project was um, and how lucky I was to be part of it. So... Yeah, definitely amazing memories but you know i've i've been very fortunate through my career um you know won the dpi championship in Imza, an incredible car now driving for you know an incredible team in faf motorsport um unfortunately it's not always highs and and this is the the reality of motorsport is what we're seeing right now is things do go wrong and that's why these 24 hour races are so hard to win and and so precious to every driver because you can do them 10 times you could have the quickest car 10 times and still not win it. Uh, too
10: right. Ollie, thank you so much for your time. That's uh, Ollie Jarvis out of the Faf9, the McLaren, uh, for one of our many, I hope to come, more CrowdStrike Paddock reports. Wow,
4: well,
3: you're supposed to be in the pit lane. You've overstepped your remits there, I think, Mr. Damon. Hello to you all. Particularly welcome to our traditional overnight slot on NBC with you on Peacock right now here in the United States of America, John Hyduff and Peter Mackay in the booth at IMSA Radio, if you want to get in touch with us, we've got uh, an Insta feed as well that's Radio Show all one word, LTD all one word, Radio Show LTD on Insta that's how you get in touch with us, I'm trying to keep up with the messages coming in um, apologies to, to Jerry. Jerry Jerry Bundles just said oh, I've enjoyed the IMSA radio co- uh, commentary, I'm glad to be off the road now to watch the overnight fun on Peacock and he's got in and he's found it still us we are following you around <laughs> Jerry thanks very much for, for tuning in and I thought you with were saying
5: there, John. Oh, it's still them. <laughs> I thought that's what you were getting out there. Well, but I, no, he, might, he might
3: have had a shock. He might have been expecting Diffie and the guys. Uh, uh, so he may have had a little. Um, he may have had a, a little stutter when he when he got in. Uh, Chicago here in the US. Uh, doing a couple of iRacing races. Well, on full sound and vision, keeping up the work, loving every minute of it. Says Mum's spaghetti and back in the UK good evening to the brilliantly monitored Lanzarote Camel who is Alan Prosser to the rest of the world good to have you company Alan thanks for the screenshots earlier on Scott Fitzsimmons down under in Australia trying to keep on top of the Daytona 24, the Dubai 24 plus the test match Australia versus the Windies as well and Scott will be at Bathurst for the 12 hours in a couple of weeks' time. Just over a couple of weeks, actually. And i will pl- pleased to see you there. Scott, I hope you can make it down to the Oxford for the Friday night ma- uh, meet-up. Shakedown there as well. This year, you've got to love a motor race where they sign up an official brewery reckless brewing has just been made the official brewery of a motor race uh, responsible drinking only and never when you drive quite obviously I'm going to say that one
5: well, most breweries now do a good 0.0 so you, yeah. you can still enjoy their wares whilst uh, well, uh, Richard Westbrook who's driving here he and his
3: uh, wife Jess have uh, been doing brewing for a little while but have come up with some motor racing themed beers which uh, there's low alcohol and low carbs and gluten free versions of them all so if you're doing a bit of a keto diet trying to keep the carbs down still the opportunity if you there. want to
5: be fighting fit like Richard Westbrook wow. who's already driven super- he put in some big stints early on in the 85 JDC Miller motorsport car they're only sitting one uh, they're just off the lead lap at the moment but they're right in this motor race make no mistake and they will have got uh, Ben Keating's minimum driver time done yeah. um, for the GTP class, it's not as, uh, you, you've got a lot less minimum driver time required, so in G- in the, effectively let's call them the pro classes, yeah. um, shall we say the GTP class and the GTD pro class, your minimum driver requirement is just two hours, and I think Ben ticked that off from my from my memory. Yep. In LMP2 and GTD, you have got to do four and a half hours. That's a significant chunk of uh, of time. So, how you do that? Very important. Jack Aitken in the number 31 whalen Engineering Cadillac.
3: That's very recognisable livery. A little White on the car in different places uh, this year white on the roof uh, last year it was the red front fading to the grey back end on the car which they're still doing but uh, there seems to be a little more white particularly over the roof line down the back of the car down
5: the central spine of the the car still so recognisable oh. uh, and also it's more often than not driven by a rapid Brazilian. It, it, it seems to be the the, the the tradition for that car. Felipe Nazar, who now drives for the Porsche Penske team, did drive for that uh, team, but they still have Pippo Durani who's been with the crew for many years now, and such a formidable force, a force to be reckoned with. And Jack Aitken, full season now. He did do the endurance races last year, moved up to full season, and uh, he's uh, he's got a, a special helmet painted for this yeah. uh, ...for this week with the Scottish Thistle on the back. I didn't realise he had Scottish roots until I saw that. Another one to add to your list. Yep. Yeah.
3: Well, if you've stumbled across us or... ...if you are a regular to IMSA Racing, welcome. Reminder that we're not that far away from Sebring weekends. So that's the 16th of March... We'll have coverage early in the week here on IMSA Radio. The audio coverage via imsaradio.com is always absolutely free. Has no blocks around the world. Uh, no ad breaks either. Uh, you can follow all of the early sessions. And for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, every one of the qualifying sessions this year, we have that in sound and vision for you via IMSA Radio and IMSA TV and that is whether you're here in the States or further afield. Pit stop for the number 6 Porsche peels in Mathieu Jaminet jam jam to his friends Porsche Penske Motorsport coming towards Nick Damon
10: yeah, okay, coming at such an angle, I thought we was going to run on his shoes for a bit, but that was actually kind of an optical illusion. Can not you those purple ones you've been wearing all uh, the Burgundy, I think you're fine. Burgundy, are they? They have a fan club already, so let's they not do. knock his shoes. Um, but yes, yeah, so there's a full service. They've actually just put a, uh, two tyres on, both on the right-hand side, and the big M's on them, so they're using the medium tyre on the right-hand side. No change of driver, fuel going in, just ahead of him. Uh, we have the both, yeah, both the Corvettes are in. There the a Corvette at 4, and there was a driver change on that as well. Um, so Corvettes have been double stacking just about every single time, the Pratt and Miller cars. Shall
3: I tell you what he gets to 100%? Oh, 100% now. There you Whoa. go.
10: that's a very impressive slide out. I was chatting to someone uh, in the paddock who does a lot of um, RC drifting. Well, he'd been very pleased with the drift as the Gemini power slid it out. Also just ahead and won the BMWs as a, as a full service as well. And the gap between them coming in and coming out is about the same.
3: Philippe uh, Inassa and Jack Aiken are down to a half a percent of energy. Uh, and Time and Van der Helm is down to 0% of energy. Jimmy Bruni, 5% of energy. So they're getting very, very tight indeed. They'll be peeling off in the pit. And how do I know this? That if you go to imsa.com forward slash GTP. Uh, dash like the minus sign telemetry T-E-L-E-M-E-T-R-Y then you'll see what I'm seeing, we have live coverage from each of those cars, when they're on the brake when they're on the throttle, what gear they're in what miles per hour they're pulling at any given time and you'll see them go over 200 by the way and also whether they are in the pit lane, whether they're re and whether they're changing tyres and Nick Damon has Timon van der Helm in? He's only got 15, 20% of his energy back in.
10: Yeah, well, he's more importantly he's got, he's got a different driver getting back in as well. He's a little bit out of my view to see who's got in, but Timon's definitely gone out. It's a complete service. It's t- he's getting four new boots, I think. Uh, and uh, a big slug of fuel on that uh, yellow JDC Miller car. Um, out of interest, as I wait for the number seven Porsche, if you go over your energy allowance, which they can do, they can go below zero because they've actually got a bit of extra in there, is it, what, a drive-through or a penalty or what?
3: Well, uh, it's, that's one of the energy usage penalties that you can get. You can either be putting too much power or torque out through the drive shafts, which have been monitored in real time by IMSA. Uh, with the logging loom that they have in the car uh, or you can overuse your energy from coming out of the pits to going back into your pits you have a certain amount of uh, energy that you can use and if you overuse it, as Nick says, that is uh, noted here comes the number 7 Felipe Nasr who was spot on zero yeah, yeah. he, he percent did he, did he come in dead stick
10: there he also tried to run me over again, uh, again. Uh, not really uh, the 31 car the wheel and uh, Cadillac is to my right as well that is getting uh, two right side t- no it's getting four tyres uh, but not a driver and some fuel just right side tyres again for the seven but when he comes in with the rear view it's really quite exciting because it's got those high exhausts and they're glowing red uh, it's all kind of like a, a real kind of uh, eye candy for us uh, motorsport and motoring fans. Oh yeah, glowing red exhaust, fabulous. But uh, both and these hot brakes. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's uh, it, it leads to a cacophony of sound and smell. It's marvellous. Um, obviously, probably probably life shortly, but who cares? Uh, and there goes the wind energy car. <laughs> Wait for the
3: engine to kick in, and there it goes. Uh, hello to uh, Mitchell. Brent leg up on the gold course of Australia Uh, Mikey Maguire says these night racing stints are better than therapy Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, hello David at Fan uh, Fan Institute listening in from the Sierra Mountains in Northern California I'm supporting Nolan Siegel in the 33 LMP2 it has not been a good run for Sean Creech motorsport in that uh, Andy Blackmore liveried machine. Uh, Lance willsey is out in that car at the moment, but there are many, many laps down. Ninth in LMP2 at the moment. We've had the number 10 uh, Acura back in towards the pit lane. That was the car. That car had to have its uh, wiring loom, ch- loom changed and in fact it's gone a bit back behind the wall. meantime, the gold and black Mustang sampling Porsche is in there now they were ref, ah they're doing the driver, they've done a driver change
5: yeah they've done a driver bottle as well yep, so Jimmy Bruni out that was uh, Roman Duma getting in, making his debut in the Porsche 963 his third generation of Porsche prototype that he's raced, started off in the iconic Porsche RS Spyder LMP2 machine, was from start to finish in the Porsche 919 project in which he won Le Mans and the World Endurance Championship. And this is really special because he's he's reuniting with Neil Yanni when he won the World Endurance Championship and the Le Mans 24 hours. He's, he did that with Neil Yanni and Mark Leap. And uh, Mark's since re- long since retired from driving, but uh, Neil uh, in the car with him. So it's really nice to see this reunion. And they are running strong. They're on the lead lap and they are just throwing fuels and tyres at it. Yeah, that's exactly what you've got to do. Christopher Huntsman
3: is in section 148 in the grandstands, which is just about where you turn down off the banking, which is where the wheel and engineering Cadillac is right now. Also means you get to see them come back up the banking as well, right in front of you at turn six. And he's having a great... Uh, evening, A real gem of a view from there. It's 5am where I am. and says, uh, Jimothy P, I've hardly slept on my second cup of great coffee. Uh, Rolex 24 on, cheering on Magnus Racing and Nicky team and about to get ready for a 13-hour shift at work. The dedicated life of a race fan is normally untold. Uh, Luke from Melbourne, Australia. Australia. Does the Ferrari 296 have more straight-line speed than the old 488? I would say it probably does because this is a GT3 version that is less dependent on aero than the 488 GTE car was
5: well there was a GT3 version of the 488 too I, it very, but that that is a very good question it very much depends on the balance of performance um, so it, it can really depend on you know what, what pace is brought to the to the track so they have to balance it in with each of the other cars so it, the straight line speed can vary it's
3: got to a crowd pit report just out of his 963 Porsche with Jimmy Bruni
7: with Nick Damon
10: Jimmy, the uh, Mustang sampling, the Proton uh, Porsche, I mean, it, 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 it's just so much ebb and flimmer. How do you feel you're doing at the moment? How do you feel you are relative to the other cars in the GTP class? No, I mean, uh, very good. I think the run uh, is,
14: is going very well. Uh, my first two stints, uh, early on or now was quite competitive compared to other competitors, and was quite good. And also these runs were quite smooth, and the stop were very good. So we just now go through the schedule uh, and, and see at the end who has more tires left.
10: <laughs> Last spoke to you at uh, Petit Le Mans when you just started racing this car. We've had, what, five months since. And how much better do you know the car and how much better is the car being run by Proton? Yeah, uh, the car, the, for sure, the people involved in
14: this project, they know the car very well, uh, including myself for sure and Neil. Uh, so this is uh, for sure a good uh, boost. For the, for the competition and for the speed but we still, uh, we still uh, missed some, uh, some uh, final tuning that, that, that unfortunately we couldn't we couldn't enter uh, the test day here in December and uh, so it was okay I mean uh, we, we're catching up the others so I'm looking uh, getting closer uh, when the season is starting from now on uh, we will be competitive every race
10: better and better you're of course uh, in a unique situation, being the only customers who work with JDC in this class. And you ha- are you really measuring yourself against the works Pensy cars, or are you measuring yourself against the fastest car in the field? Yeah,
14: I, I, you know, I, as a driver, you want to—you want to want to be the best and faster. But uh, obviously, sometimes you have to—you have to look what you have and try to do the best uh, for the condition for the moment with the car you drive. I think competi- Proton competition uh, they're doing a great job with uh, knowing the car. Very limited time on track, and uh, actually we never we never had uh, any test days so far uh, since uh, Monza WC last year. So uh, I'm pretty happy about all the all the group that uh, Christian was able to Christian and Michael was able to uh, putting around. Um, but will you get Will you get some test days before Sebring? Will be difficult because the team will be involved in the WC, so it will be difficult again. So I expect uh, when it's about uh, mid season or just before to be right there. Great stuff, thank you, Jimmy. Thank
0: you.
3: Dick Damon with that crowd strike pit lane update. It's IMSA Radio, IMSA TV, and Peacock all together as we have the hall of the endurance racing community all tuned in john heindorf peter Mackay, nick damon and john doonan hey. president uh, of imsa <laughs> how you doing john happy new year happy new year uh what a race well first of all let's go back 24 hours spoiler alert if you haven't seen the mission and pilot challenge of the two mazda wayland mazda uh, mx5 cup races um <laughs> but we are going to talk about them now because we have to um the master races were bonkers as always um, uh, Jonathan from Master said we should just race here every other week should not we it was incredible and then we had the first of the two four-hour races for Mission of Pilot Challenge both classes
7: going right down to the wire Unbelievable. brilliant stuff uh first of all thanks for having me uh hello to all the listeners we're thrilled uh, those watching also on Peacock um what a weekend honestly uh I had a several pinch-me moments uh, over the course of the last 24 hours, like you said. Um, not just what's happening on track, but has anyone seen the infield? Uh, oh. The aerial shots early in the race, uh, not just the infield, but the surrounding camping areas. We've never had them out in the airport like this. Is Un- this a Unbelievable! Uh, it it must is. be a record. Frank Frank Kelleher, president of the track, uh, said this morning that they were trending on. a record uh i think we'll be able to confirm that we'll we'll see how the final results come but uh an all-time record uh for the rolex 24 sounds pretty good to me
3: well i I remember what it was like for the the last big event two years ago which was the 60th and we were coming back after what had happened and the long yellow flag and that was pretty that was pretty good uh, the 50th was pretty good this is at, l- at least as busy as that if not more so I've given up trying to jump on the golf cart and go around I haven't left this side of the track since, <laughs> since this morning I'm not kidding you I've, I've, I went as far as the Porsche hospitality to to have some words with uh, Mr Hurley Haywood and, and that's as far as I've been since the, the drop of the green flag so that was yesterday uh, and this morning we've got excitement because we've got Hollywood here uh, with uh, glamour Uh, I I spent 45 minutes or an hour and a bit actually watching the Hollywood magic happening in the IMSA hospitality suite. About 50 people descended to build a pretend NBC booth to do some filming in. They yeah. did have a real Lee Diffie who was coming later on. They didn't have to have <laughs> a
5: pretend... They don't have a stunt like Lee Diffie. No, they do no. not have a stunt, <laughs> No,
3: He no. does all his own stunts oh. and no. all his own Just talking. like Tom Cruise. And this is, this is all about Brad Pitt's movie, um, which ostensibly is going to be about Formula 1. They did a, a lot of filming, uh, Formula 1 tracks uh, during last season, which is going to have to be done again because the ti- they've kind of timed out with that. But the story arc... Starts,
7: starts with our hero, Sonny Hayes, here at the the Rolex 24. Yeah, it's uh, you list off all those things, John. You list off MX-5 Cup. You list off the Michelin Pilot Race. Amazing. You li- list off uh, the fact that Brad Pitt and, and Jerry Bruckheimer and company, uh, Kaczynski, are filming a, a major motion picture here. Um, it's, it's unreal when you piece it all together. And if someone had told me, Um, you know even even a year ago or six months ago that all that was going to come together uh, a record crowd uh, for the 60 second running and then uh, an epic race so far candidly it's uh, in every category uh, just unbelievable and you mentioned a Formula One movie but tell me where Formula One drivers end up Jensen Button is in IMSA (laughs) in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Championship. Felipe Massa uh, is in IMSA. Fernando Alonso here. Yeah, of course. Uh, Paul DeResta is here. There you go. You
3: know, uh, we've got 14 active IndyCar drivers in this field.
7: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, when Bill France Sr. had the idea to have an international endurance sports car race here in Daytona Beach, his philosophy was the best drivers, the best teams, the best manufacturers in all of the world come here and put put on an amazing show. And that's what you have up and down the field. And I I'm just really happy for our sport. That's that's what I'm, I'm happy. And on the high banks at the
3: moment, we are watching a battle for the lead with 12 hours and 51 and a half minutes to go with Dane Cameron. In the Porsche 963. Porsche, what a history that brand has with this place and with endurance. There can't be an endurance race without a Porsche. in it. I think it's against the, the regulations. And behind them, the 31, the Cadillac. Well, they've got endurance heritage as well. If you go back through the years to Le Mans, specials were brought over from the United States to, to race at the Circuit de la Sartre. And at the moment, they're on the high banks. Coming down to the completion of another lap and that will be 361 they go under our feet now and here comes Aiken to the inside one of those IndyCar drivers we're talking they used brilliantly <laughs> uses the Turner BMW as a pick and they're side by side that Turner BMW has to keep their wits about them this is the beauty of multi-class racing that looks like the corner of. for car ahead of them as well starts the number 80 machine excuse me that is EMG and through they go and we have had a change for the lead whilst we were talking about it that is not manufactured we have (laughs) not seen honestly Jerry Bruckheimer John Kaczynski did not write that script that happened
5: in real time and we can't have another take no No, exactly exactly. that
3: happens that happens and it, it will continue to happen and the joy of seeing this kind of racing for 24 this i still think john you're a race fan you always have been there's something slightly illicit about watching racing in the dark as if we really shouldn't be doing this Should yeah
7: we? you're right and and you know uh i think it was uh end of the season last year we're we're watching the end of Petit le Mans with uh you and and uh and jeremy in the booth and it, it, you get to start Uh, Just like that moment there, I I get to start giggling because, you know, it is uh, like a a (laughs) I'm just a racer. I'm still a young boy in the stands. I'm still the young boy that is on the other side of the fence. And um, the kind of racing that uh, we have here in the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, uh, you can't script it. Um, It is epic. Um, The best drivers, uh, these GTP cars uh they went and broke my track record john i know uh, from 2019 we just talked to ollie jarvis <laughs> Talk, about got that. it
3: the team told us that, that last weekend in qualifying at the raw they didn't tell ollie uh, until after he i finished texted him he said i hadn't
7: seen <laughs>
3: <laughs> and that lap record that the 77 mazda broke in 2019 was 26 years old pj jones an all-american racer that that we thought that was going to stand forever and the the little team that could with that mazda the smallest engine car in the field took the lap record
7: it did uh, it was a special moment for us you know we went out and celebrated with justin gurney and evie gurney and and i had bill patterson do a painting with both those cars on the banking the mazda was a little bit ahead because it had owned the track record now but uh what a special moment for us and, and to celebrate what the Gurney family had done with that program. Um, but but in the end, uh, records are made to be broken. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? The conditions on Sunday were much like that day that Ollie broke the track yeah, record. Quite cool temperatures, yeah. a tailwind going into turn one off the tri-oval. Uh, it was just perfect. And the entire GTP field was under the track record. That, so, that was the thing yeah. for me. Now, I know
3: last year the conditions weren't conducive to lap record running pace and the cars were new but to have the whole field under Ollie's record this week and and in fact all of the pole positions reset the qualifying uh, records for their individual classes. Uh, Aside from GTP and we've got Jack Aiken leading now as he comes through uh, with the Turner BMW the number 96 car just going back out of the pit lane with uh, Patrick Gallagher uh, on board of that car, former uh,
7: mx5 cup champion indeed
3: so <laughs> and there are plenty of them here as yes, well sir. by the way with uh, luca mars and well there's all kinds of people uh, steve macalier steve elliot Skier. Uh, yeah. uh, there there are plenty
7: yeah.
3: um, as they come through the field obviously that the, the, they're running their own race lmp2 imsa <laughs> have stuck by lmp2 john yes. How long can LMP2 be a part of this? We've got a fabulous array of cars, not just for this race, for the whole season. Enough, in fact, that there will be the headline act at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park.
7: Yeah, it really uh, excites me. You know, uh, that platform obviously is uh, the spine or or the underpinnings of the GTP car. That was our whole entire philosophy when it came to DPI. And I'm, um, I'm super proud of the folks at Multimatic and Orica and Lige and Delara who've um, stuck with uh, that philosophy um, obviously in LMP2 Hugh Deshonak and his team have brought the Orica a- a- as now what is the LMP2 car worldwide but thrilled that the Lige is back uh, with Sean Creech mm-hmm. Motorsports so really epic field um, excited for what that's going to do throughout the season um, and-, and I think uh, if if GTP was the story last year and an LMP2 field increasing, the uh, you know uh, this year is 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 great. Uh, GT is where it's at.
3: I'll mention the countdown to green uh, when I said to Peter, "Watch the story this year," and he said straight away, "2024 is the year of GT. GTD Pro, GTD are the same cars, just the drivers that that put them into uh, the two different classes. What is it then, John?" about this type of racing. We've got four classes on the track at the same time, which some people find confusing, but just break them up into different races in your head. It's like, for, for those of you in Europe, it would be like putting Formula 1, Formula 2, uh, F2 and F3 on the track at the same time, Indy Next, uh, IndyCar, and you know maybe Formula Ford, 16, uh, Formula Ford 2000 yeah. on the track at the same time. Yeah. It's that same idea. Everybody's racing at the same time. But what is it here? The difference here, Johnny's, we have manufacturer support in endurance racing. Yep. And IMSA has has built a a place where they want to come. Dr. Don was at the start of the American Le Mans series. If you build it, they will come. Using that well-known
7: phrase, it's built. They've come. What is it? <laughs> Can you define uh, it? Uh, again, I, I'm so grateful that we have... Uh, 18 automakers that chose to race with us Uh, my hope and i believe we've we've proven it that this is a marketing tool in their toolbox Uh, when you have nine manufacturers activating on the midway uh, right in the center of the speedway with product displays with road cars with the uh, you know race car brother and sister of Mm -hmm. the road car you got the mustang gtd which is a amazing machine uh, for the street uh, or for the track uh, if you're a track day and you got the mustang gt3 obviously that's a big part of it's a couple uh, of
3: those mustang gt3s that have got no trunk lids now they, yeah uh, they that's, were what brought, <laughs> that's what i heard that's what i heard um How but cool is that? you know
7: this morning uh mr france held his annual chairman's breakfast uh down in the rolex lounge just one mm-hmm. floor where from where we are And in that room was what I would say is arguably the biggest gathering of automotive executives and senior leadership anywhere in the world in the same place at one time. Because you got 18 manufacturers, you have board members coming in from Europe, you have board members coming down from Detroit. Uh, It's a really, really special uh, story about us uh, being the place where the OEMs want to showcase their brand showcase their powertrain, showcase, in the case of GTP, their styling cues and, and tell their brand story. So uh, we're very fortunate that they have entrusted us um, with providing the platform. They've invested in it. Um, and in the end, you know, when I when I was a kid, I, I said this this morning. I used to go to the Chicago Auto Show with my father. And we would to go there as a little kid, uh, as a racer. I always wanted to see in the, in the display what race car they brought because i think the most authentic and frankly the only authentic way to market uh, an automotive brand is on in motorsport obviously i'm biased but uh, this has turned out to be the new auto show not only on the midway but on the racetrack yeah. and to see particularly the f- for gt 100 uh, percent. and also that was part of the thought of of gtp and dpi before
3: that to bring in styling cues to make a cadillac G- gtp car look like a cadillac you cannot deny the bmw m hybrid v8 looks like a bmw light like or low the front of that car anybody's going to point and go that's a
7: bmw yeah that's the thing uh with a record crowd in the in the uh in the tri and the ball field today uh, all of those families and individuals identify with one of these brands that's racing here and uh, a new Mustang, a new Corvette, uh, a new Aston Martin Evo, uh, the 911 GT3R that, that launched last year, the Ferrari 296 GT3 launched last year, the Huracan GT3 last year. All these cars, um, these people identify with these, these race cars. And uh, in the end, um, we are here to, to serve as a platform uh, for the auto industry. So uh, what, a, what an epic time don't
3: go away John because I've got a couple of listener questions for you, a few questions if you don't mind significant potential uh, action on the track now as the leader, the number 31 car of Jack Aiken, the and Engineering Cadillac V Series R is catching Romain Dumas in the Proton competition, a non-factory team, this is a customer team of Porsche with the 963 Mustang sampling back on that car now this is to take that car off the lead lap peter that is that would be significant because that's it's not impossible to get laps back here but that you begin to see on these
5: long green flag runs how the performance starts to stack up you you've got to remember how feisty an animal roman duma can be how many times <laughs> have we seen him not say die in any competitive situation and for sure he will will be trying everything to keep on the, that lead lap. Remember, he's been in the Saudi Arabian desert for three weeks. Yeah, uh, he's been he's been on in the a, da- in a, <laughs> on the Dakar Rally. He was setting a lot top of pent
7: up energy. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah top five. Don't no talk about
5: sandbagging mine with him, That would have been <laughs> last week's joke. <laughs> I'm saying nothing. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so he's been setting top five stage times in an independently entered Toyota truck in his own team. Flies straight here, straight into the car. It's It's his third generation of Porsche prototype he's raced. Amazing. I love his spirit. Battles
3: right the way through the field. Third in GTD. Also up for grabs at the moment. That is Frederick Schandorf in the Inception Racing McLaren Inception. British team. They've built the base over here. That's the car with the purple LEDs over the header rail on the driver's side door. The McLaren 720. Uh, really coming of age now behind it the amg number 32 mike Skeen, doubt competitor there as well as they're cutting through traffic that's the uh, iron links lamborghini that they're going by at the moment and more traffic with the uh, that must be the 85 jdc miller car <laughs> coming through so there's three different classes that we're watching phil hansen new young charger in the jdc miller car is in between that battle at the moment. Here comes Skeen down the inside. Dispatches the number 19, Green Urakan. And he wants to try and take away third position. They're on the infield. A far more technical part of the circuit than people give it credit for. John Doonan with us here in the Global Broadcast Centre. Uh, this from JJ on Twitter. <laughs> I should have left this till last. <laughs> what are you going to do for
7: 2025 to top this (laughs) we haven't even finished the first race of the season someone asked uh in the media center that same question earlier today and i think you know one of the things that has made the last several years incredibly um, stable is um, consistency of our schedule uh, consistency of dates and venues uh, consistency of corporate partners uh, consistency of the the manufacturers. Yes, new rules, new regulations, but uh, we uh, we need to stay stable, and I think uh, uh, that's that's been the key. And uh, we obviously want to continue to uh, evolve and, and, and grow, but uh, stability has been a key term, and I think you're going to see more of the same uh, in 2025. Uh, we got a full course caution out
3: at the moment, and we'll get you some news on that in a second, John Doonan president of IMSA is with us, uh, on the same turn five is the uh, problem, down at the far end of the circuit and let's see if we can pick off who is uh, uh, ah stephen magalier has come into the pit lane with damage that would be entering a closed pit as did the
5: 12 vaso sullivan lexus right
3: They, they are allowed to come in for what's called emergency service we've also got the jg wentworth car in the pit lane this is the 66 the acura Sheena Monk, along with uh, Catherine Leg and Tatiana Calderon. Stephen McAleer's teammates there. Nine female drivers in this race. Not that the stopwatch, the cars or the circuit, nor any difference. They are just competitors here. And uh, very impressive competitors indeed. Catherine Leg was on the uh, provisional pool Overall in GTT last weekend for a little while. Ended up starting well up the field and has been at the sharp end in her first stint. So still waiting to see where the... Uh, yeah, we've got debris on the circuit. And that is the problem. It's just off the racing line. Down at turn five and... Coming out of turn five, there's been a bit of a schmozzle, a bit of a coming together. We'll take the opportunity to put this to uh, to uh, John Doonan. Uh, Mikey McGuire says, uh, how does the excitement around the start of the GTP year two uh, compare to the excitement around last year's GTP lodge well we've got more gtp's to come because we haven't even
7: fulfilled this year's quarter yet john no and, and hi to mikey he's up in uh, plainfield illinois i suspect uh classmate of my daughter's in high school ironically small world but yeah we we haven't even gotten there the the lamborghini sc63 will will uh, make its debut at the mobile 1 12 hours of sebring which we're excited about um we're not even there yet so um, you know Mikey uh, is right we got uh, uh, an incredible field uh, it's going to get better and we're really 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 excited about that and I think the other piece for me is to see uh, the customer teams out of proton Mustang sampling uh, to have the Mustang sampling brand back is, is is terrific and obviously John Church and the JDC team um, you know John Miller, they, they've done an amazing job. And, and you think back to GTP in the, in the 80s, um, Porsche set the example with the 962 and customer racing. And for me, um, that is the underpinnings of not only uh, GT racing, but it, it can be also GTP um, so that excites me. And, and speaking of Porsche, I need to give a shout-out to my dear friend Jens Walther. Uh, <laughs> he just texted. I know he's listening. Uh, Hello, form- Jens. Yeah, it's, he, he must be having his coffee uh, over there in uh, in Germany, I suspect, Some, something form like that. Former head of Porsche Motorsport North yes. America
3: who went over to Leipzig where they they built the SUVs. Exactly. And uh, I've... I, I, I was just about to go over and see him and get the factory tour when COVID hit. It's something I still have to do. Yeah. So Jens was—he's uh, a fantastic guy, so he's tuned in, is he? He is, and
7: I Excellent. think, uh, you know, certainly I've always seen motorsport as a family, and uh, that's the culture that I've tried to create uh, with my teammates at IMSA in the garage area, in the paddock, uh, up and down pit lane, up here in the broadcast booths. And um, when Jens was at Porsche, you know, we... At that time, we're, we're fierce competitors in GT. And uh, if, if a Porsche won, I was the first guy to come find him and, and congratulate him, and, and vice versa. When we ended up in victory lane here at the Rolex 24 twice, uh, he and Elwin Springer uh, were the first guys to come say congrats. And, yeah. you know, that's that's how it works. Uh, we, we battle fierce on track, but in the end, we're friends and family off track. Uh, uh, we've just had a, a pit caller
3: that was the 01 Cadillac. Now, thanks to a new piece of technology which has been introduced this weekend by IMSA, I could tell you that uh, Hello Polo uh, was out of energy. He had nothing left in the tank uh, or the battery, so he had to come into the pit lane, otherwise he'd have stopped out on circuit. Now, obviously, that's not the right thing to do. A few years ago, IMSA introduced a rule about emergency service in closed pits, that's what he's had to do, he's come in, he's allowed 5 seconds of fuel, that's given him 15% energy and I can see that on IMSA.com forward slash GTP telemetry and you can too along with a whole host of other timing and scoring via uh, Alcamel and imza that is available to you let's go to a CrowdStrike pit update, uh, this is Sheer Adam at uh, gradient and the
15: N X A, went down and checked in with them it was a tire issue on the right front it actually ripped the headlight out and the team did a little bit of repair to try and make sure that the hood won't fly up which is good but the IMSA officials aren't necessarily satisfied that the repair job the gradient did was good enough so this car which was down 15 laps before this caution looks like it's going to drop off a few more
5: Mm. thank you shit 52 uh the inter europol uh lmp2 car pit was leading and it pitted just before that full course yellow and so didn't enter the closed pit just got in got the service and back out again so they'll be in a really good spot coming back to uh to green here unfortunately we're getting um confirmation that the 44 magnus Aston martin is retired Ah, uh, oh.
3: fan favorite Hang the on, that's another group. double number that's another number divisible by 11 so that's 11 22 44 and, eight, and 88 eight. have all retired share adam will be plotting that on a graph
7: a, uh, yeah i'm a numbers guy too i my favorite <clears throat> number was eight because that was dad's racing number my basketball number in university was 44 oh. four plus four is eight. there you go yeah you know 55 uh, will
3: be getting worried by
7: that uh, we've just got the two
3: porsches coming in john we'll get back to you in a second i'll just have a quick look to see what they're doing and they've had to push the number six uh, seven car back just a little bit also coming in the 25 bmw the rll prototype with the big v8 engine a full set of tires out for the porsches no tires at all for the bmw number 25 that's the one with the uh, white lines around the grille its team car has got the sort of purpley colours around. The two Porsches you can tell in the pit lane by a blue light uh, on the front of the number seven when they're in the pit lane and a purple. And the BMW has jumped the Porsche in the battle of the German brands. Smart work by RLL got those cars turned around. You can do just as much good for your course in the pit lane as you can. On the racetrack, there's a red light at the end of the of the pit lane because we've got cars on the front straight. Now it goes green. In comes the number 40. This was the car Jensen Button was driving earlier on. It's Louis Delatraz now for Taylor Racing with Andretti Autosport. The Acuras struggling a little bit in the longer runs, but they've still got pace off the front end. There's some. There's a little bit of uh, pressurized fluid going into the right-hand side of the Acura just behind the number somebody's uh, got a got a torch in there as well and it's going to be a nose change for that Acura so some kind of damage may be there maybe a headlamp problem and Shea Adam has more from the pit lane
15: putting scrub tires on this Cadillac as well, so Alex Pelot going back out not only with a new nose, but not quite new tires. Lengthy stop, taking advantage of the opportunity to get it done while there is this yellow flag out on the track with the uh, full course caution. I don't see any damage to the nose of the Cadillac looking over it quite closely, and it looks to be okay, but it might be that uh, they've just no, changed the that. arrow That's slightly. The but the 40 car is still further down the pit lane. I didn't see if they did a nose change for yeah, that they one. Did. did you? Yeah, Wow. Yeah, and, and
3: it was darkish red coloured bodywork at the side of the circuit uh, earlier on. Look, my dad was a policeman for most of the early years of my life, and he said there's no such things as coincidence. I think that might have been evidence, uh, to be honest. We'll have a look at that later on. Ashay's already walking down purposefully uh, towards the Windtiller Racing number 40 pit. John Durning with us here, taking an opportunity to speak the president of IMSA. Whilst we have this slight cessation in the racing action behind the Cadillac safety car as it brings the field around, uh, John, lots of excitement. We've talked about a lot of it. Um, as we move forward, there's other things we've got to consider now. We get the GTs in, and Shale keep an eye on that. I uh, was talking about this with, uh, with our friends from Michelin earlier. On today in our broadcast we've got to consider the future of motor racing and we've got to consider that in in a whole uh, in a holistic and a holistic way that keeps motor racing relevant and keeps it able to happen in the first place and that means sustainability in all its forms nobody's suggesting that we're all going to go to wind power and put sails on cars or go battery tomorrow IMS has always been at the forefront of this and we, you and I remember in the ELMS days um, Mazda engine cars running on cellulostic e85 made from from old cardboard and paper <laughs> uh, that was this that was years ahead of its time
7: and IMSA continues to try and lead you're right uh, you know in those days we had the biobutanol we had a, a clean uh, synthetic diesel um, we want to remain the platform. Uh, For the OEMs uh, to showcase their brands and and all the things we mentioned earlier. But uh, another uh, message item from this morning at the chairman's breakfast uh, and and the remarks I had the opportunity to make was sustainability. You know, in the room was representatives from the U.S. uh, Environmental Protections Agency, the U.S. Department of Energy. Um, They are our partners officially. They endorse what we're doing because it's authentic. Uh, We're running an 80 percent. Uh, renewable fuel in GTP. We're running a hybrid system that's helped us uh, run and and save fuel. Uh, We've Michelin bringing a tire that currently has 30% uh, sustainable raw material in it. They're going to push that boundary even further. Um, We're using a third less tires than we did two years ago. So there is a story. It's authentic. um, And the OEMs um, want us uh, to continue to push those boundaries we want to do that for them and explain that you can be um, responsible uh, in what we're doing and still show performance, still make the sounds uh, and still put out an amazing show. And when you say you're using a third less tires,
3: that's not because we're doing shorter races. That's because IMSA mandates the amount of tire sets that each individual category within the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and the other championships as well. So... The teams don't have any choice. And working with Michelin, you've been able to give them tyres that are durable and continue to be competitive throughout maybe two sets of fuel. In the pit lane, the Forte, number 73, this is the Huracan, and they've got a fire on the left-hand side. I think that was just a brake fire. How cool was the team there, just a (laughs) squirt of extinguishant and send the driver because, you know... Uh, No, it's fine. Somebody will be on the radio saying, what's happened? I think it was just when the fuel probe... Oh, no, he moved. He moved early. I'll take that back. So that was fuel that was uh, pulled out of the bowser. Uh, I thought it was just a a brake fire because they were all over that very quickly. Um, And it was the back of the car. It tends to be the fuel vapour that catches first these cars exceedingly hot and that was dealt with very very quickly by the 8 team. and that will be a penalty for uh, safety reasons leaving with equipment attached that's a mandatory drive-through penalty we're just going to put the gtp cars back at the front of the field to make things safer again for the restart you don't want your fastest cars Uh, mixed in through the pack when you have mixed class racing so that's what's happening now if you're not used to watching and listening to this uh, form of racing we're live from daytona around the world on rs2 and on imsa.tv flag to flag coverage and joining us in the us as well as our coverage on sirius xm channel 207 welcome to those of you on peacock who will be with us through till Oh, 6 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> our esteemed TV colleagues are taking a well-earned break. And uh, don't forget, the Night Owls, that's uh, Johnny Palmer and Bruce Jones, will be with you, powered by Sacred Coffee, from 2 o'clock this morning. So around about 40 minutes' time. John, I know you've got stuff to do. Thank you very much for being with us. Um, if I was, I ask you this every time I speak to you. What's going to be the highlight for you this year? Personal highlight. Not president of Imza, John Doonan. Race fan, still the 14-year-old with his nose pressed up against the, uh, the wire fence, John Doonan. So what is it you're looking forward to the most this year? And, and it's fine. If you've got a favorite thing, you can tell everybody as a race fan.
7: Yeah. Uh, for me, um, walking out of the media center this morning, coming to uh, pit lane, and seeing the ball field uh, packed, uh, jam-packed. And I make a little tradition to come over to the driver introduction stage and greet uh, all the pilots that are out there. Um, You know, what's on track, these cars and the technology and and the stories of sustainability is one thing. Uh, But in the end, the men and women on pit lane executing these pit stops, the men and women behind the wheel of these cars They're putting on the show, and we are in the entertainment business. Jim France says it all the time. Uh, We believe it. We need to stay in the entertainment business with the sights and the sounds and the smell of this sport. Um, We had over 4,200 Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts here last weekend. They're our future. Ah, And, uh, you know, I I say if I wake up and I'm not uh, that fan who wants to come to the racetrack, uh, I've got a problem. So, Thanks to all your listeners uh, and, and the viewers uh, who are watching, tuning in on Peacock. Um, we're, we're really thrilled. Uh, um, I'm so happy where our sport is. Uh, while you have listeners, my phone's been blowing up here. I'm getting in deeper trouble because I gave Jens a shout-out, but I haven't given Danny <laughs> Danny Bender, Ken Sayward, Efren Olivares, Rob Warkocki, my dear friends in the infield, Carl Koenigstein from Michelin, wow. Kyle Kimball. They're all blowing me up. And last but not least, Cooper McNeil, who is at home keeping track of time on his Rolex watch that he won here last year Yeah, nice, nicely trail. remembered You yeah. like that? Yeah, that's nice, but, Mr. D. Uh, that's you know, quality.
3: You've you've got a you've got a future. If if you decide that you you're not going to be a race fan anymore, you've got a uh, you've got a future doing the overnight slot on some radio somewhere. That was that was really nice. Well, I showed nice. up Shout early. Out.
7: I showed up early. Normally, do we do this about three a.m.? That's true. Um, God knows I have a face for radio, um, <laughs> and broadcast that is not shown on television. But uh, thanks for having me. Guys. That's a great. Job. Uh, thanks thrilled and uh you know i used to do my own little radio show on a cassette recorder nobody ever heard it except me and i, I thought i was pretty darn good <laughs> <laughs> the listener thought you were fine. Uh, the only the single listener. The listener but uh thanks for telling the stories uh there's lots of them out there and uh let's pray for a, a, another uh safe uh, 12 hours here almost halfway uh we'll see what happens in the morning John Doonan is the president of IMSA, taking time out of a busy schedule. Yes, I know
3: we're in the overnight, but IMSA never stops. Motor racing never sleeps. If you're not going forwards, you are losing. It's as simple as that. great to have President John Doonan in the booth with us, the Global Broadcast Centre. Let's give you, before we go green, let's take the opportunity to do a slightly early uh, in-race update from VP with Jack Aiken leading the motor race from two BMWs, so Cadillac number 31, the red and white wheel and engineering car from 24 and 25, Augusto Farfus and Max Martin, the two BMW M Team RLL cars, right in the line behind him because we're behind a safety car. Then it's Dan Cameron for Porsche Penske Motorsport. That's the number seven car, his teammate, right behind him is Lawrence Vanto. In sixth position, Louis Delatraz for Wayne Taylor Racing their 40 car that's the dark blue and red car sits in 6th position they are on the lead lap first car off the lead lap is see how important that pass was that we were talking about earlier on Proton Competition Mustang Sampling, Romain Dumas in the number 5 Porsche then it's Phil Hansen also a lap off the lead and Alex Palo for Cadillac Racing in the zero one one in ninth position for LMP2, double duty for Ben Keating uh, he's in his United Autosports wins and mission food number two. Origa, he leads from Tom Dillman, the Frenchman uh, with the very English sounding name, into Europol by PR1 Matheson Motorsport, the 52 car in second. Felipe Massa, former Formula One driver and Formula One race winner for Riley. Aero Motorsport, the blue number 18, has Conor And in fifth position, Mante Jacobson for Crowd Strike Racing by Algar Pro. Racing in GT's Alessandro Pegidi leads for Ricci Competizione in the 296 number 62 Ferrari. Alex Sims for Corvette Racing by Pratt Miller in the new for 2024 Chevy Corvette GT3 number 3. Dan Frank Pereira for Iron Lynx, the best of the Lamborghinis, is the number 19 car. That bright green machine. EO Racing's 77 car. That was the Paul Sitter earlier on the day. It's now Michael Christensen in the dinosaur liveried Porsche 911 and the top six made up by the Ford number 64 of Englishman and decent darts player Harry Tinknell in the Ford Mustang GT3 and Paul Miller Racing's Brian Sellers uh, at the sixth position in number one for bmw in gtd it's inception mclaren that leads from mike Skeen and ritomo Mi- miata for vasa sullivan as we go back to green